1: Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first.
2: ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.
3: The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mick Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Bez, what do you love?
4: Well, John, it's a new sponsor and I'm loving it. For me, double quarter pound a meal. What are you having?
3: Oh, it's got, got to be the chicken nugget share box. To myself, there's no sharing, but well, to myself. That goes without saying.
4: But what yeah. dip?
3: Oh, barbecue. It's a barbecue dip.
4: Yeah. But where can people get it?
3: So, yeah, where can you get it? You can order via the McDonald's app. Um, it's via participating restaurants only, 18 plus, rewards, registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. So, see McDonald's.com for full details. Good afternoon and welcome to um, take two of the Alien Veil podcast, Friday night edition. first one fucked up because Bez's computer crashed, second yeah. one's fucked up because I don't know what time of day it is. Yeah. Um, so, Bess, you, you were saying you've been to see three films. First one?
4: First one, Elemental. I took the nephews watch Elemental at the pictures. That's the New Disney one. It was okay, to be fair. Youngest nephew really enjoyed it. Yeah. Eldest nephew was a bit cool for stuff like that. And I was like, better than I thought, Uncle Dan. So, fair enough. Yeah. That was good. So, that was film one. I've been away for work this week up on the Tyne. So, first night I was up there, I went and Oppenheimer. Absolutely fantastic film. Really worth a watch. A night. I got in the show in it. I think it started about quarter past five or five. Uh, right, I was going to say, it's three hours long, isn't it? Three hours long, yeah. Fantastic, but harrowing. It's Honestly, based, I based think on everyone true, should watch it. true story, isn't it? Yeah, true story. It's basically Dr Oppenheimer who created the atom bomb during World War II. Yeah. And obviously the Americans then used it on Japan. Killing hundreds of thousands of people. In fact, yeah, it went into the hundreds of thousands. So yeah, harrowing, but worth a watch. Um, And then the night after, I went watch Mission Impossible, which that isn't really my sort of film, but I went watch it because it was in 4DX. Which basically means the seats move where the the wind blows out your water squirts in your face, the chair punches you and as though you're in the film and like when he's in the driving scenes, you're twisting and turning with it and that. Really, really enjoyed it. Film so you went, is okay as well.
3: Yeah. You went to theme park then, yeah. Yeah.
4: If anyone's never done 4DX and like there's a film out that's on a 4DX that you fancy, worth it. The closest ones here, I think, Telford. We've got 4DX at their Cineworld because obviously I go Cineworld and yeah. um I think Sheffield but Telford's a better run and I've been Telford watching but I normally watch 4DX when I'm up in Newcastle for work. Fair enough, but yeah. And if anyone wants go go Cineworld and you want like buy a card, the card at the only one I don't get commission for this by the way, 10.99 a month so you only it's less than the cost of two tickets a month. So if you think you go that often, it's worth getting one. And if you do want, to get one. Give us a shout because I can give you the code, and you get a month free, and I get a month free.
3: Look at this!
1: You go.
4: Up.
3: all going.
1: Yeah, never switches off, does he? Always selling. Always never, never off duty. Are you guys? You're like a machine? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know.
4: <laughs> I tell you what, times are odd.
3: We do anything for a free month,
4: won't you? I'll do anything for three free month, I definitely will. My bloody mortgage is up first in November, that'll have gone up by about 250 quid by the point I get there.
1: If only you knew somebody who worked at a building society, eh? You could... do. Uh... <laughs>
4: Believe me, the way the economy is, it doesn't mean I can change the rates. <laughs> I wish I could. But never mind. How are you, Johnny? How's your week been? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. All, all good, all good. So... Busy, busy
3: week. So I'm looking forward to the weekend. Last, last football free weekend. So we're cramming as much in as we can with the little one before Saturdays are dropped off at the grandparents in the morning and we set off our separate ways to football. Really?
4: So, yeah. But, Sounds like the perfect way to spend the next nine months.
3: Yeah, can't, can't wait. I'm excited now, but we'll we'll get on that in a sec. So, Steve, you've heard his voice. How are you doing?
1: I'm good, thank you. I'm good. I've had a busy week. I um, employed the services of um, the area's foremost carpet fitter. Made a lovely job. Even the wife's happy with his work. So, massive thanks to Tom for, uh, for fitting for me. Fitting me in as well. Didn't like leave me stranded. So, you know, like you can when you want the best. There's only one man for the job. So yes, yeah, so we have had a new carpet in the bedroom. Big question, Steve.
4: Have you had a mat?
1: No, I, I did ask for one, but he says you can't get mats anymore. Um. <laughs> Apart from that, I've just been, I'm still pretty busy at work, which is not what I want it to be, but it is where it is. And like you boys, I'm pretty obsessed with uh, are we going to sign a striker? If so, who? And then the kit launch was pretty decent. Going down Vail tomorrow. Apart from that, I'm ready for the start of the new season.
3: There we go. And we'll touch on all that in more detail in a second. And talking about carpets, he's shoving his face with grape and melon before his apple turnover. It's Tom. How are we? All right. Yeah,
5: sound. Good. Have been working down the club this week? Ah, it's never ending. Never uh, I feel like I've spent more time in that bastard place at the minute than, uh, than my own home. But it's partly my fault because I don't get nothing done when I'm there. I just end up watching training or something like that. I how
4: it's here in part two that we've recorded before part one with richard
5: is <sighs> he grasping me in honey
4: well i don't know the big question though tom from your week you've had you've obviously been working in the lawn street stand which is quite a vast area what was bigger laundry to steve's house oh
5: steve's house yeah. yeah i mean um when i walked in with the carpet and i said where's this one for mate and he said uh bedroom 14 of the east wing um <laughs> it's 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 difficult you just got to count along because they don't obviously why would you number rooms in your own house uh, obviously he knows which room bedroom 14 as it's um guest bedroom 12 I... <laughs> I mean i've never been i've never been in a bedroom that needs two en suites before but you know these 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 this is what happens when you've got money i think i bet it's not the
4: first bedroom you've been
5: in with a swing now is it <laughs> hey, but the, like, the swing up the swing before wasn't hanging on the back of the door, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, well, they winch you to winch you out of bed. Right? <laughs> oh, it's not to winch you out of bed, my friend. Honestly, <laughs> and for anyone wondering, the picture, the picture that we put on
3: Twitter at the weekend of Tom in a bath was actually at Steve's. While <laughs> that was in the
5: ensuite, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's why my carpet is so long
5: yeah, that's why I never <laughs> yeah, get nothing done when I'm work. I have a bath <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah yeah thanks for that by the way the picture and, I mean I'll be honest I sent it to to you lot without thinking of the repercussions that <laughs> may unfold so it is partly my fault um but yeah, nice one to uh, everyone who chipped in, on, uh, chipped in on Twitter as well, because it actually, actually became quite a good laugh, so I'm all out right with that. Yeah, for all the
1: listeners, anyone's ever seen The Fool Guy, it was very Colt Seavers, with, with, with his hat on in the back at the end, after he saved the world. so yeah.
5: The I've never st- seen that film, so I don't know.
1: TV show in the 80s, the unknown stuntman it was, Colt Seavers, it was a I'm going
5: to put myself in the younger section then, if that's for the older people. Oh,
1: yeah.
5: Am I? I, just am I, I don't it, feel yeah. like I'm in the younger section, mate. Some days.
1: I better back.
5: I'm yeah. yeah.
3: Congrats, coffee. Yeah. Sounds that, that, That's that's fun and games, um, and let's let's move on to the positive stuff because that's all. We're going to we do, Johnny. This.
4: Last pod before obviously the season kicks and proper IE next we could probably be a season preview and then a proper re preview of a game. So last oh. one. So rather than cramming all of them in together, let's just say at the start, massive shout out to Johnny's Bar and Booze and get yourselves down there for a pint. Every time you can get yourselves over there and sign up for a race, unless you're Tom or Johnny, um, who can sign up to a race, you just don't want to. Um, and his taxis... I, hang on, as you were saying that, Tom was t- Tom was shuffling Apple Toon over it. So. Yeah, he was, to be
5: fair. He well, was, such an attractive man.
4: Yeah, you know, <laughs> as we saw. So, A-B time, you get yourselves over there. Andy's taxis, if you need a lift to Barnsley or an airport or anywhere like that, give Andy a call. Paralysis Escape Room will be sponsoring Man of the Match going forward. And also repair-glasses.co.uk so massive shout out to them that's just saves me try and cram them in as we go through and then next week we'll be more structured with the sponsors and now we can just crack on and talk about the lack of fucking strikers well we can <laughs> before we talk about that let's talk about the Ail and the veil vale
3: quiz let's push it a little more yes we sold out but we're still going to keep hammering it home that we're hosting a quiz the four of us will be there on the night it's gonna be chaos um we apologize now if the 50, 50 question quiz turns into a 27 question quiz because we've run out of time and the lights have to come up and we are being kicked out but it's gonna be
4: fun yeah and we'll do his best and a massive shout out to ignite facilities limited for sponsoring it and how do you spell ignite johnny
3: um with an i
4: Within an eye, Ignite Facilities Limited, um, if you want to get in touch with them info at ignitefacilities.co.uk go over to the website ignitefacilities.co.uk and they'll do all your heating, plumbing air conditioning, electrical, also for looking for commercial partners, they've worked with Alton Towers and people like that, so massive thank you to them for helping us make the quiz night happen with the great sponsorship deal, so thank you, which the money will be going to the John Rudd statue so support them, Vale fans Support them, and they'll support you.
3: There we go. Happy days. So, let's talk things that have happened this week. I'm going to do things cockeyed here. Well, Well, we're going to start at the end. Away kit Walk straight away. Steve.
1: Yeah, I really like it. Well, I think I've probably been on here, but when the home kit came out, I was underwhelmed, to be honest. didn't think, oh, this would be a When the at grapple that looked really, really smart. Shades of Argentina. I really, really like it. Much, much more than the home one. So that's good. If you like one out of two, you're all right. So we'll be going down to the club tomorrow to get one for my children. What time are you going
4: down, Steve?
1: Uh, about 10, I reckon.
4: Oh, no, I'll probably go about midday, I'm thinking. Because last time the home sheeting, remember, we went about ten, and a yeah, lot of we do really, wasn't set we? up and going yet. So I'm thinking about midday.
1: Yeah, I could, it depends on time I get up. But it will be at the crack of dawn, but it'll be in the morning. Says get out somewhere, meet a friend. So I'm doing some quality parenting and getting down the club shop. Sarah's going
4: out, she'll be glad to leave You won't be getting up to the crack of dawn.
1: That's right. Yeah, no, <laughs> not, not money. <my> <laughs> Tom,
5: what are your thoughts, you? i big fan yeah um there's there seems to be a running trend that there isn't much that that we bring out kit wise that i don't seem to like i'll be honest um i think i think i said it when the home kit come out i just seem to like kits because they're veil kits um but no genuinely uh, it, if you could have asked me to draw what i thought it was going to be i would never have gone really dark blue um, with gold at all. Um, huge fan, huge, huge, huge fan. Um, I, I, I think the shorts are blue. Yeah, and I assume the socks are blue with a gold trim as well. Yeah, the socks, socks are blue with um, like a gold. hoop
3: I think there's two, two, two hoops. gold hoops. Yeah.
5: So. Yes. Yeah, so, so I, you know, I'm, I'm all right with that. Maybe would have liked to see it with gold shorts. Ooh. Um. You know, gold shorts and socks, maybe. Oh no. no, no, that wouldn't have gone.
4: No,
5: oh, man. you know. Okay then, I'll shut my mouth. <laughs> no, that wouldn't have gone. I mean, no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it to to Josh Green to mock it up, and you know, we'll see. see yeah, no, right. that won't, that won't go. That's <laughs> one for you, Josh. Point. That's yeah. I'm, sorry. I'm just, I'm just gonna use Josh because I know he listens. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> quick straw poll then, Tom. Which home or away, which should
5: be fair?
1: Away.
5: Hundred percent
4: away. I haven't said it. I love the away top. Johnny. Home top. Go on, Johnny. Oh. I'll carry on after. For,
3: for me, um I don't know, I like them both. Um I think the away one just shades it. Uh,
4: I much the away. I'm with you, Steve. You know, they say tops like grow on you and it's a top, you see it first and you go, oh, I'm not much for it and it grows the more you see it. The home shirt's the opposite of that for me. I've never heard someone describe a top as a shrinky. I don't know what the opposite of a grower is.
1: Right.
4: It's just a shrinky. But the home top, the more I see it, the more I go, I don't like that. I've had it, obviously, put money in the club, support the club, etc. But the away one, I absolutely love and I'm looking forward to seeing it in person tomorrow.
1: Yeah, I am as well, actually. I'm really, yeah. I just, just would have saw it, I thought, yeah, Really grab it. That looks really smart. And the home one didn't do for me and still doesn't, to be honest. But like you, it's Veil top, so it's fine with me. Like Tom says, if Veil are wearing it, I tend to be more... Like, you will be not as critical if it's somebody else's because it's Veil. But I just think that the away one's really smart. And hopefully, it will sell by the bucket loads. It's quite clever to release the one which isn't as good first because you're still going to sell those anyway. And then you release the one which is much, in our opinion, much, much better... I love that sandwich, I'll buy that one as well, but you might have only bought one before.
4: Very true. And massive shout-out to the media team and everyone for the video, the reveal, because I thought, very clever, good video reveal. The only thing that could have topped it was a striker,
5: when not it? Clever? <laughs> clever? It, it was fucking bonkers, mate. They sent a shirt to space. Yes. That's not clever, mate. That's bonkers. That is outright bonkers. Just Who sat in that office and went... We'll fuck this off into space. <laughs> just opening up the
4: curtain and letting you have a look behind. I don't think it actually went to space. I think that some of it was what? you know on the computer,
1: like the moon landing was didn't actually happen. It just exactly, made it up Hollywood basement. Exactly. Red hot chili peppers.
4: Yeah. What? I think some of it was space. just computer generated,
1: Tom. Yeah, it never happened, Tom. Space may I mean be I mean the that. final frontier, but it's made I'm in a Hollywood I mean that. basement. I fully bought into that. Did it not? No, 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 never. We never. could
4: be on about the shirt launch here or the moon landings, take your pick. <laughs>
1: yeah.
4: I'm La- asking fuck fucking
1: La- <laughs> Armstrong yeah. first man on the moon in a bail-away shirt.
5: Yeah. No, I mean it just went out in like above the clouds a bit, didn't it?
1: Never happened.
5: <laughs> I'm I'm watching that video back. I'm not fucking <laughs> having that. <laughs> you look look at the flag fluttering Tom no wind in space. There's no atmosphere. I'm not having it. <laughs> Fucking not having it. <laughs> Go on, you carry on. I'm just watching this back, see where I get done here. It's all right, we're just so, going to wait. We're going to wait. No, because like, the balloon went up.
3: <laughs> yeah, but only about, only about 100 feet in the air, mate. <laughs> <laughs>
4: You I know,
2: thought
5: you were playing the longer fish with each aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Let, let me a little secret I here. mean I'll be honest it did cross my mind earlier. I thought fucking hell that rig comes down on someone's head, it's gonna hurt <laughs> <laughs> Have you been Whoa. drinking? No. This is That's what like. happens when I don't drink. <laughs> so we'll get him a beer. <laughs> End the pod, Johnny.
4: I'm talking about the Strikers. we're not beating that. End the pod. I can't. That, that,
3: that's broke. That is broken.
1: Me. Still, genuinely still looking at his phone.
5: I thought he was taking the piss at first. Oh, no. <laughs> Why would it? What makes it only go two hundred odd foot? Oh,
1: for fuck's sake! <laughs> There's loads of great reasons of weather, <laughs> the gas and the balloon. It's not flying over my Cop now.
3: The best part about it is, if it went to space, it'd be on fire by now. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
4: <laughs> it's about landing Brazil, some little Brazilian kids about wear the new veil vale away shirt before we've even got it. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's, it's gonna be—it's gonna be charred, though. <laughs>
1: What? It's no test because to Tom's seen the
4: video and it was still fine and space. There was no damage to the shirt. <laughs> I'm
1: going look at it.
5: <laughs> This is fucking heartbreaking. Tom's been You're such an idiot. In space, you know?
4: <laughs> First this is the the shirt, space.
5: Like...
4: No, I'm
1: not having it.
3: Mate, <laughs> if, if you if you, if you believe it, it's 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 like it's it's like them other things that I we I won't say on the pod because no. people people might have young ears in the car. But if if you believe it, mate, it's real.
5: Yes. No, no, it's alright I've had it confirmed that it wasn't actually.
1: Who've <laughs> you asked? Your dad.
5: No, i've no, that's done. <laughs>
4: Have you really messed you, saying, has the bullshit yeah. gone to space?
5: All done. All done. Right. So, you all think 100 foot. Well, uh, give or take. Give or take 100 foot. Yeah. Because he's put, it didn't go into space, but it did go pretty high. Yeah. 100 foot. Yeah. So, so, I've asked, how high is pretty high? 100 foot's not that high, is it? I'd say well, so, yeah. If you were in a plane that was 100 foot in the air, right? You're not that high. If you are standing on a building that's 100
4: foot high, you go, shit, that's high. <laughs>
5: yeah.
4: Depends you've been Niagara
1: Falls, Bess. You've been Niagara Falls, haven't you? How high is that? Yeah. How high is Niagara Falls? It's not actually as high as you anticipate, you know. Higher or lower Less- than a male shirt fly.
4: <laughs> <laughs> in reality, or in Tom's head. <laughs>
1: so <laughs> if that- you say... If okay? you let a veil shirt and a balloon go up to the bottom of Niagara Falls, would it reach the top before it pop? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it would. It Niagara Falls
4: isn't as high as you anticipate, you know, when you're there, because you think it's going to be, like, massive. It's not actually.
5: Isn't it? No. <laughs> I don't know if he's fucking... I don't know if he's pulling me past five or not now. It's probably, what he said? Well, he put... didn't go to space, but it did go pretty high. I thought, how high is pretty high? And he's put more than 100,000 feet. Yeah, it's pulling your plonky. He's pulling your bonky. Yeah. Johnny, can we move on? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, hold on. Hold on. He sent me the company they use. Yeah. At the heart of, of, of almost every project we do, launching a balloon into space is the core of our service offering. We use lighter than air gas balloons to travel to the edge of space, over 100,000 feet above the planet's surface where Fuck. the sky is black. <laughs> Fuck you, boys. <laughs> <laughs> did that balloon go to 100,000? Right? So there you go, right? You can all suck me plums.
4: <laughs> <laughs> he might have sent you that, Tom. That isn't what they did. <laughs> That's
1: the balloon they used. Yeah, the, the, the balloon, balloon just not go to a hundred thousand feet. It's impossible.
3: It'll burst. Yeah. It won't. Well, if, even even if the balloon did, the shirt didn't.
5: Let's let's just put it that way. The balloon might have. Yeah. Since state-of-the-art climate simulation software and bespoke technology designed and manufactured in-house mean we can launch with a complete confidence in our unbeaten history of over a thousand flights, we've never lost a single craft. There you go. A
1: balloon, not an aircraft.
4: Simulation. I mean... Huh? But anyway... Move on. Let's let, let, move on,
5: let, let, let's <laughs> move
4: on. At Tom Amos for your tweets. Yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> balloon man. <laughs> Still fascinated either. by. This. That's the company we used. I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't. Why would Dan send me that? That best is on the checkup now. He's he's messaging hey Daddy. He fucking don't believe me. I'm gonna get the company website up. Fuck's sake, Johnny, move on. <laughs> right. Sentintospace.com So <laughs> your brand yeah. sent into space. <laughs>
1: League One Podcast of the Year in the bag again. Second yeah. year in a row.
4: You'll be glad to boys. know that Tom isn't actually doing the quiz. He's just helping us out on the night. <laughs> he's brought it to line and sink it. I'm not having... I'm I'm right here. Yeah, OJ Simpson's innocent too. <laughs>
5: yeah. I'll a story on. I'm going to put this yeah. in the group. I think you boys need to have a long, hard look at yourselves here. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm not. I'm not arguing that the balloon didn't go up there, mate. I'm telling you, the kit
3: didn't. Why? Because when it's in space, it's fluttering, and there's no atmosphere in space.
5: No. It. It says a hundred thousand feet. Yes, mate. That's but not in space. Hundred. Watch the video, back, mate. It's on the edge. Yeah, it's fluttering when it's above the clouds, and then it stops still. No way, and the last couple of go up to the clouds. It's just cold, it's impossible. Why is it? Because it's, it's a balloon. Well, have you not seen Felix, what's his name, Bull Gardner, whatever his name was, who jumped out of the balloon? He went up in a fucking seen, balloon. I've seen up, I've seen up that, you know, the balloon, exactly. You know, look, he moved his whole house with a balloon.
1: He did, he did. <laughs> <laughs>
5: I think, Bez is it. I think Bez is it having I mean, a little bit of a moment to himself in. He's no, I it. it's possible. Isn't I it. it isn't. It is. I've just <laughs> sent you the link. I'm looking. <laughs> he's,
1: he's getting, Bez is getting a flight out of Bradley <laughs> never to come back. I'm not looking. I, I'm not entertaining that this is possible. Is. I, can't I, about think Tom think I,
5: I can't wait for this. <laughs> This is this has made my day. The three of you laughed at me, made me feel like a gullible twat, and You're I'm a right. Twat. You're not. I am. The charity
1: of your choice, Tom, if he gets to do. I mean, it. I don't know. If to,
5: I don't know. I don't understand. Carry on,
1: John, Johnny. Are you still there, Johnny? <laughs> I'm
3: still here. It's fine. Right, let's let let's move on now. But it's it was the manager forum last night. Um. Meet Tom, Bez went. Steve, you you were following it on the, the live blog, weren't you? I
1: was, yeah. And just before you go, fair play to Wales. He did a really good job because there is an issue of it's very club orientated. It's like a PR exercise. Whereas when Baggers was doing it, a more independent person, but in the absence of local media, which we've touched on before, it was good. And I followed it. It was really good. You know, it was comprehensive. It was decent, from what you guys were saying. You seem to get a good flavour of what's going on. So yeah, it's a fair play. Yeah, and Bez.
3: Well, obviously, apart from the thing that we'll touch on in a little bit, um, which I thought was quite humorous of Dan, how he attacked it. Um, let, let's let's address the elephant in the room straight away. But apart from that,
4: what were your, what were your feelings of the night? I thought it was really good. Um, What struck me more than anything, and there's a few things that, you know, we'll probably touch on as we go through, but Andy Crosby's passion and enthusiasm for the job. And you can, it's coming out of him like a kid on Christmas Eve, and which is looking forward to Barnsley and actually his first proper game as a manager. And that's got to be infectious when you're in the dressing room. It really has. And we all know he's a good man manager from everything we hear from everybody at the club. It really come out to me and he, he looks like a bloke that's settled in the job he's got. The more I listen to him, the more I see him in that role, the more I think we've got the appointment right. And I think Andy Crosby will do a good job for Vale. Hopefully, I don't have to read my words. I think it was the right appointment to come across last night that how excited he is for this. And to be honest, the team he's built around him as well. They all look comfortable with each other. And, you know, he adds a bit of humour to it as well. But like I say, really struck me as a kid on Christmas Eve waiting for that first game to come.
3: I was just about to say one of the big things for me was it felt like it felt like it was a young bloke getting his first first job, and I know it is his first job, but he's got a lot of experience behind him. But he just felt a bit giddy and a bit excited by it all, and he then changed halfway through to being brutally honest and explaining, and you brought into his values. And when he was talking about Willow, for example. You brought into what he was saying, what he wanted from from his players, what what they what they had to do, where where people were at, and I just felt I've said it a lot of times, but the more and more I hear the man speak, the more and more I think this was better than any any of the appointments out there that were that we were looking at and talking about as a group. Um, Tom, you asked a, a couple of
5: questions. Um, you even got a smile from David Dunn, didn't you? What? not about a smile. I don't think he quite liked Marabona comment, did he? <laughs> um, I think. The, 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 well, Schofield was having a little chuckle anyway. But but did he? I'll be honest. I looked straight down at the table when I said it. Um,
3: yeah, he, he actually he, he he bit back a little bit, didn't he? About using his left foot with the next guy. Yeah,
5: he just said, "Good one." Um, yeah. But, yeah, um, I I thought he was really good. I asked, obviously, about the Spain trip and could they get everything done that they wanted to get done? Um, Because, obviously, the heat would have played a massive factor in that. Um, And I think his answers were were pretty as honest as they could be. There was a couple of times when I felt like he hasn't answered the question then. Yeah. Uh, And maybe just... Maybe at this stage of the season... And with stuff going online, I know. I mean, I don't know how in-depth managers get. Do other managers read what managers have said at Meet the Manager heights. I don't know. Um, but he was certainly not giving anything away tactically. Um, and he never wanted to single anybody out from his team for any attribute or for any downfall. Oh, well, hang on, hang on, hang on. Yes, he did. Ooh. he's Chisley. James Blunt. Oh
3: wow right his love child. I forgot about his love child yeah. he even um, co- he even, he even called him his son at one point yeah um, okay, yeah. Well, that, yeah well, yeah, no, you you are right when 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 people were asking about all the other bits and Bobs, he 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 gave Smithy a bit of poor it, but he was very complimentary about the squad as a whole wasn't he?
5: Yeah, well I think I think you've kind of got to be as a manager. Well, especially when you've just built that squad. Yeah. You've, you've you've realistically before any competitive games are played, you don't want to hear him say, Oh Christy shit. Well, yeah. Yeah, that one hasn't come off yet, I'll be honest. Um Thank you. but no, I, I was um I bought into quite a lot of what he was saying with regards to the different areas. Now the problem the problem I have with this is football fans can have a tendency when they hear something they haven't heard from a manager before they automatically buy into it because it's just something new they haven't heard so they yeah. think it's the next best thing um, however I think was it was it just after the season or no, was it an interview when, I can't remember when it was and he said about the, the things, or was it Flickroft said about the, the height you know stuff like that we needed to change um and then Crosby said last night about when when we signed a striker the the type of striker we're looking for is someone with to have pace um because all too often last season we found ourselves in front of a defence and with nobody who could get in behind um and I think I, I do and and they, uh, they touched on set pieces as well they you know we we're, we're looking to try and be a threat from set pieces because five was it five out of the eight teams who scored, yeah, scored the most goals from set pieces went up or got in the playoffs was it yeah
4: um
5: so i mean we all know we all know how key set pieces are to a football match um you know that the, 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 the them lot down the road know exactly what you can get from a long throw if it if it's set up right if it's done right um and i think we we do have a weapon in Dan Jones's throwing on the basis that it's set up right. Last season, it was all just a bit pile in the box. Um, whereas, I'd like to see us have a bit more, you know, someone blocking the keeper off, three, head, three heads to aim for. Because realistically, last season, we had Alison Smith, maybe yeah. Forrester sometimes if he went forward, but very rarely went forward. Whereas this season, I feel like we've got a lot more height in the side to perhaps aim for.
4: Just on last night, and John, you can give us your views, but after, do you know the bit that I took out most and I think is one of the most important things? When David Dunn said players will be rewarded for good performances. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's
1: frozen again.
5: Oh, keep keeps freezing on these awkward moments, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, rewarded Rewarded how? Financially with rewarding the team or.
3: Yeah, so, so the, actor, the actor explained it, Steve. Because
1: I never.
5: Oh. oh. S- sorry, Bess, you, bro- you went off then, mate. Am I back? Yeah, you're, you're back. You, yeah, you're back now, mate. Yeah, you I'm said back. about you were just unrewarded. Yeah, by keeping the place in the team. So oh. someone would get man
4: of the match and they wouldn't be dropped. They'd actually be rewarded, and they're in good run form. So you carry on playing them, and to me, that kind of makes sense.
1: I think that's something you could love that didn't happen under Daryl Clark. You know, there was times when play. I mean, Mal Benny was the, the prime example of this. He'd pr- play pretty well, and then and then get pulled out, and then he'd play really badly, and and play the next game. If that's what they're going down, you know, or more of a so sort of performance related, and does that mean there'll be less sports science involved? If you're on a run of playing really well, and previously the guys might have said this lads in the red zone, he needs to rest, or we now are saying, do you know what, he's playing well, we'll give him one more game. Is that the type of thing we're doing? Do you think this time?
3: I think I think there'll be a bit of both. I think if you look at it and go, right, X player, say let's let, let's talk Ben Garrity coming back from injury at the end of last season, I had a full preseason. If he hits the ground running in that first game against Barnsley, they might look at it and go, "Okay, he scored two against Barnsley. Fleetwood's probably a game too soon for him to do Saturday, Tuesday. So I think the sports science will still come into it that way. But what I think won't happen will be, oh, he's played well. Oh, there's a 20% chance. And that's how I felt. I never felt that any of the players that got shifted in and out was a massive chance of getting injured. I always thought they were the ones that, oh, they 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 might get a knock. It wasn't like someone had ran himself into the ground and then they've gone, oh yeah, we'll replace him next week. So I do think that we're going to be more, we're going to see a bit more consistency with squad selection. But I also don't think that we're, we're not going to be devoid of change either. We're not going to be playing
5: starting 11 roulette every Saturday at two o'clock.
1: No, which is what, which is what, we, which is what in our group we used to do, is two
5: yeah.
1: o'clock. Yeah. Off, which you know, and I think looking at the, the amount of midfielders we've signed, I think that's a that's where we will look to change it up because we're going to be aggressive, the press and getting about the pitch. So I think midfield may be one of the places where we chop and change more regularly because that's where we've got the most options. But We'll have to wait. So, you, know, you know, I'm a bit old fashioned. I do like consistency of selection when you can do it. I think it's better, better for a football team. Yeah, I agree. But
3: yeah, I, I think things things are going to go While well. and I, I said, I do feel like that we've come come away from that with a bit more positivity. Um. I, and there was there were there were some things like Tom. I think you did like you said. There was a couple of things that they skirted around, and
5: yeah, I can't really remember what. Oh, I think uh, the the uh, lady at the start asked, "Who would you say is now the quickest?" Yeah, and rather than pick one out, Andy Crosby just went on to say that we'd added pace and we will add more pace if we can. Yeah. Um. I mean, I'm trying to, I mean, it's going to be difficult to say, like central midfield wise, have we added more pace? You know, you'll, you'll. I'm expecting people like Cheslet and R Blaster uh, to certainly have a bit more, bit about them. I think um, Sang as well. I think. I think Sang. Can... Yeah. Um, obviously, Mitch Clark, we know, is quick. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about Connor Grant. I assume as a wing back, he must have half a yard about him. Um, but is he more for on the ball? I yeah. Think with with Conor Grant, I think he's more about is getting. He, I'm going to use the example. I'm not um, putting him up against this person. Is he more of a, a David Beckham wide man than a Ryan Giggs? Yeah. You know, he's he's going to get the space and deliver the ball rather than. Go past the man. Um, but yeah, like you said, there was a few other things. I can't remember what they were, per- if I'm honest now, but I think you're going to get that with any manager. They're not going to just come out and lay the cards all on the table and tell you everything in, a, yeah. in, a, in an open forum meeting.
3: And there was nothing huge either, was there? there? was nothing. There was nothing concerning that came from it where you thought, oh, actually...
5: No, and I don't think at this stage of the season you'd get anything concerning coming from any manager. Yeah. The because of, answer a, apart from crawley.
4: <laughs> the answer to the James Wilson question was interesting, wasn't it? The has he signed? And basically about him training with the club, etc. Yeah.
5: Yeah. I think yeah. I think that was the first time I saw Crosby as a oh shit, he's a manager. He's not just a coach, he's a manager.
1: Yeah, I um, was reading that and I texted Tom, uh, you guys. And what I took for it was, was, the impression I got was that Crosby thought Willow should have been available more than he was. And that Willow could have played more games. But was like, you know, some players will only play if they're 100% fit. And I got the impression that there was a bit of frustration that Willow could have been available more last year. And that's where if he does sign, he'll be looking for him to be declared fit to play when he's perhaps 95-90% fit, rather than he's got to be 100%. I don't know if that's what you thought, but that's the impression I got from reading reading the quotes. That I'd, say lower than
5: one, that, mate, I'd say down to about 75-80%, to 80%, if I'm honest. He,
1: yeah, when we need him, he needs to be there, not on the treatment table. And I'm not saying Willow was, but that's what Crosby seemed to infer.
5: You look at Wazzup for the past couple of seasons. When yeah, he's, you really know, he's been holding his holding his holding his hip and that and and sometimes, you know. Give us sixty minutes. Have a painkiller. Give us sixty minutes if you can. Yeah. And then I you thought know, Johnny, we'll, we'll though, have a
4: sub planned. Yeah. I thought him. Johnny it was interesting what he said between like Monday to Friday with Willem. Yeah, I was just about to say that 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 was more than
3: the match day thing that struck me. That it felt because he didn't name Will. I know the question was about Wilson at the time, but he didn't name him, did he? He just said that he wanted more players available Monday to Friday, which, which kind of felt like a few players might have taken a reduced schedule for whatever reason. It we we heard Jamie Proctor was on one, for example. which, which isn't a bad thing, it's it's not. I don't think he was, I, I, I don't think for one minute he's thinking about beasting someone that can't do it. For example, Connor Grant coming back from injury, I don't think he's going to make him run through a brick wall every single day and kill himself off. But I also think he wants Monday to Friday more of the players on the pitch so they can actually do stuff properly, and I don't think that's a bad thing either. I, It's not really too much to
5: ask, is it? No. There's more to training than just running around. Yeah. You know, if you say to Conor Grant and he says, oh, you know, I can't, I'm struggling Thursday. I'm going to be struggling because we played Tuesday night. I've ran my bag off. I know for a while I'm going to be struggling. All right, well, can you come and, you know, have a light little stretch off and just, can you just deliver us a few balls in and we'll do some set plays and some set pieces? yeah i want you on the training be, ground i want you involved
1: yeah just be in and around the club you know in in and around the the, the, the squad basically
5: be because a shadow player be a shadow player as long as you're involved in the session and you can take take out what what you need to take out i think that's the a that's key bit but yeah no i agree with the, in being in training
3: I think one of the big things I took from it as well is that he's going to be an odd man to please. Like he just he he came he came across that he'd set his standards and the players are going to have to hit them standards. He spoke a lot about Bursland, about the area, about have asking the players during the the latest trip to Spain. What do you think it means to play Fort for Vale? about the area, what's what's minimum requirements. And I think he's he's set the players up on a bit of a pedestal for me after that now, because we we talk all the time. Minimum is give 100%. If you give 100%, you'll get clapped off. Gav Massey, Ipswich, and was it Bristol Rovers at home? Yeah, Bristol. Yeah, to the last three games of the season. Standing ovation going off because he'd ran his bag off. Do you know what I mean? It's it's a minimum requirement, but I feel like he's set set everybody up for that now, and that's fine because that's what we want and that's what we're asking for. But if if it if it dips in the first couple of weeks, it it could it could
5: be a bit difficult for some players. Do you think? Eh, I wouldn't say difficult. I mean, I think. <sighs> There isn't many in that side now that won't have gone through a bad patch in football in front of fans. Mm. We haven't got a great deal of players who've only played one season, have we? I don't think. Yeah, you know, we've got plenty, but
2: I'm we we we
5: should, we should look after plenty as fans, regardless. Because he, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying we can't criticise him, but we should know better than to boo him if he has two bad games at the start of the season. Yeah, um, and we should realistically, we shouldn't do that with any player. After two games, because sometimes it can take a, you know, it can take a month to get into your stride, can't it? Um, but I just, I think there's, the, the feels like there's a confidence around the place, and I think that's good to have. Like having, having the, having your mates back. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, I, t- I tell you, I
3: tell you, I did really warm too last night. That was John Schofield. Yeah, he made proper auction he? Yeah, he, <laughs> I, I love the fact that he was talking like some some guy asked about formations and stuff like that. And the first thing he said really resonated with me because it's so veil, It hurts. And it was four four two. You can't do that anymore. It might. He went in my day. We had a formation. We, we stuck to it, and that's what we did. But now we have to have. Plan A, B, and C up his sleeve, and that really stuck to me because you we so many times that there's you're you're, you're bad for this telling it tell, tell me about Ainsworth and Guppy and McCarthy and stuff like that and like the the good old days of the, of, of the winger and stuff like that. and things that things have changed and you we we've got to appreciate them changes and the coaching staff really seem like that they've got the right sort of ideas. And proof will be on the pitch, won't it? But like, it's it's them sort of things I really liked from Schofield. that he was just, he just was was a proper pro- proper bloke. Said said it how it was, and they, they all just seemed like a proper unit, and that was nice.
5: I, I tell you what, I, I wouldn't pick a fight with any of them. No, <laughs> because John Schofield looks like the lad who'd like clip you down the ear, proper pin you up against the wall. Crosby's Crosby. David Dunn just looks like a little pit bull. And then there's Carlo Nash, who's fucking huge. I didn't realise how big he was till he walked past me. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It did quite make me laugh what they said, um, because Jean Jackson asked about the goalkeepers to Carlo Nash, didn't she? Yeah, she did. And she she asked if uh, the goalkeepers would be coming off their line more this season. And Carlo assured her that would, and Andy Crosby then said, would you go for a cross with Conor Ripley? Um, <laughs> fair point. Because, I, to be fair, I can't see many wanting to, because he's a big bugger, isn't he? I was going to say, he, he did say only Nathan Smith does in training. So. Yeah, but, I mean, we all know what Smithy's like. Yeah,
3: that's, that says more about
4: Smithy than it
3: does about yeah.
5: anyone. He's a, he's a bloody head, the ball, isn't he? Yeah, yeah.
4: I asked Donnie as well then to do. He thought to be the one to excite fans and get them off the seats. And he said, "I don't want to single anyone out, but Ethan Chislett. He thinks he'll be the one that sort of gets on the ball and gets fans up and at him."
1: Yeah. Out of all the signings, he's one I'm most looking forward to. Just because there's a bit of—I'm not saying he'll be the best by any stretch. A lot of a lot of the others are sort of like you know what you're going to be getting the. They work, they work hard, as Tony Police would say, they'll be up and down. What Chislett's the one from what I've read from the ladder, no supports Wimbledon said the same. He's a bit different, he's the one who'll get the crowd off the seat. We have lacked that, haven't we, really? You know, in, apart from Willow, we've lacked a player who, who you think got oh, to get him on the ball, let's let's see what he can do. So, I'm really looking forward to seeing Chislett play.
5: Is it him and him and R Blaster for me? Because I think that R Blaster yes. comes with a bit of a reputation he's from Blades bold. fans that he's you know, he's a. He's a—he's not your typical ball-playing midfielder. I think he's more of a get me on the ball, let me, let me see what I can get out of this. Well, you know, he's—he's he's going to be more risk-taking passing, if that makes sense. Yeah, was it in our group that said
3: about the Stoke fan friend at the back end of last season? I don't know. Yes, yes it was me, Stoke fans. Yeah, it was, was me. Yeah, that was it. I, I knew I'd see, i didn't know where I'd seen it. That's why I was asking.
4: Yeah, my mate has a Stoke season ticket to hold it. I was going to say I don't hold it against him, but I might do. Your acquaintance, um, not me. Yeah, but he, when we signed All blaster messaged me and said he played against Stoke last year, said and he ran the show and he was really surprised that we'd got him. Not disrespecting us, but he was surprised he'd come to League One full stop. He thought he'd have gone a Championship Club. Yeah, so that... It's sort of that sort of thing's interesting,
3: is it? But for me, I just need to find out who my new Tom Pet's going to be. Because, obviously, before Petty, I, I, I had a little love affair with
4: Luke Joyce. So, it looks like it's going to be Funzo. But funzo, it'll be Funzo. Yeah. But I, I was I, going to say that I think Funzo will drop deeper this time because, hopefully, we've got players more creative than in The forward wide last year, we hadn't.
1: I think Fonzo will play in the position that Fonzo thinks, be- thinks he's best at. And as you said, Bezzi, he was pressed into doing something that he's not as comfortable with because due to our lack of options. So I think you'll see Fonzo playing deeper. And the Fonzo came and said, give me the ball, I'll let the ball players play, a bit of a water carrier type of player. I think you'll see that this year and less of the Fonzo in a more advanced position, which he did pretty well, but it's not the best option. We want him where where he's more, most comfortable deep. And I think Funzo will take the Tom Petter role.
0: I think
5: that's part of moving up through the divisions though, isn't it? You always yeah. think you've got someone who can play at that level. <laughs> There's a difference between playing at that level and being a good player at that level because yeah. the standard is so high. You you look at, you know, we if we went up this season, you put any of our midfielders against someone who plays championship week in, week out, they'd be miles off because the speed just i mean i don't know if anybody saw it did anybody see the um the body cam footage of yuri um, yeah. Tielemans? yeah um for villa against newcastle uh, in a friendly and he had a body cam on and um i, I think it surprised me because i've always thought premier league football you get a little bit more time on the ball um you know, and it's more tactical to break the ball, break the game down and whatnot. Whereas, it, it surprised me how quickly they got closed down, but how easy they made it look because they were just one one step in front all the time. Do you know what surprised me the most about that, Tom, was some of the
3: passes they made from Thielman's view when he was being past the ball. You were like, why Why are they trying that pass? Because it looked like there wasn't space to pass it through, and then they just yeah. fired the ball at, like all it like it felt like they were firing a ball under a mile an hour into his feet and it was just dead and stuck.
5: And I think I that think the, the, the one and the, the past that always, I notice it more than I do most other passes, is, and it happens so much in the Premier League, is the, the one where they try and draw somebody out and they give it to someone who's marked and he gives it him straight back. It's the brave it's just to But it's it? just, bravery, to try and, yeah. just to try and get the press off them and then play around them almost. Yeah, they're, they're so brave, aren't they? They'll, they'll
1: receive the ball and you think, Ooh. Christ almighty, like on our level, don't pass it to Smudger there, don't pass it to X there because you're going to lose it. They will take the ball with a bloke right up their arse, pressing high, and the player passing it is confident enough to give it to them. And then of the a player receiving it. They'll have it, they'll either knock it back or they'll knock it around the corner it's really
5: brave stuff isn't it you know it's, and that's what they do i think we'll see more of that this year we'll see braver football because we seem like we've got midfielders in there now who are going to be willing to get on the ball yeah because yeah, it's brave. it's hard to tell from pre-season isn't it because a lot of the time you're playing at 50% you're playing against players who are either miles better or not as nowhere near your level
1: uh, yeah, or, you play,
5: or you're everything. playing in
1: ninety-eight degree heat in Spain. Yeah, everyone's at different levels, everyone's trying to do something different, aren't they? Trying mm. to get something different out of the game. So you can't. Yeah, but also we'll have a better pitch this year, hopefully, won't we, to, to aid us to try and pass it better. You couldn't play football on our pitch. You could not play the type of football that you were just talking about, Tom, at Vale Park last year after September. You just couldn't do it.
3: No, fair point. So um next thing, um and we'll kind of do, we'll, we'll do these next two as, as a combined one. Um, so squad numbers were out today. Um, we'll just ask, go round the table. There's any number that surprised you?
5: Mitch Clark, number seven. <laughs> Wingback being number seven. Oh, that goes against everything in, in the n- number game. Yeah, it's a proper wingers number, number seven, mm-hmm. isn't it?
4: It's a I'm McCarthy. Stop. It's an Ainsworth.
1: <laughs>
4: there we go.
1: Old fashioned winger.
4: 4 4 fucking two. It's a <laughs> McCarthy. It's an Ainsworth. It's a Lee Matthews. It's not a wing back. Well, actually, Dave Worrell's been number seven for quite a bit. So <clears throat> you know he was, but number seven. he was number seven as a front three, and then he just got moved to a wing back. And we could we could see wait, our wing backs next
3: year it could be seven and eleven. It's one point. As well, because
5: Benning's 11, so there you well, go. I yeah, never noticed that. Yeah.
3: So, um, Tom, apart from Mitch, anything that jumped
5: out at you? Benning, Benning being 11, I was surprised at that. Um, I, without sounding horrible to Mal, I expected him to be higher up in the numbers. I thought the 11, I'll be honest, I thought Chislett might have gone seven, and I thought the 11 might have gone to Connor Grant. Well, um, Connor I assume Conor Grant's always worn 15. I was just I was just about to
3: say, I'm looking at his history. He's always had 15 at Plymouth. Um, he had 15 at Everton under 23s for a bit. Um, he's, and he's had an array of numbers other than that. But yeah, 15 seems to be the one he's settled at and been at the most. Fair. So it seems like it might mean something to him. So that might be something
5: that. Yeah. Oh, and interestingly, the, the no number 12.
3: Yeah, Is that bloodshed now? No. No. Steve, what number... 30's
4: been bloodshed for the last few years, hasn't it?
3: What has?
5: 30.
1: Yeah, Yeah. 30. Steve, anything that interested you? I'm going to be completely obvious here, to to, to state the obvious, Tom Conlon, number 20. I think that even if he had not been injured, he would still be around number 20... And I think it's a sign whether you think this is a good thing or a bad thing that the club are looking to move him on. And conduct, you know, and the obvious thing to say when we look at those midfielders. Tom's gone from being club captain, the iconic number ten shirt, to being to be number twenty. I know he's injured. I know that they'll probably say, oh, "Well, Tom's injured till Christmas." That's why I'm. I think that might be a little bit of a red herring. I think it's a sign that Crosby doesn't see Tom at the club and we would we would be looking to move him on.
4: And on a serious note, just before we carry on with that conversation, because we talk about it, I hope Tom's okay because he's had the captaincy taken off him now. He's had his yeah. 10 shirt taken off and moved to 20. I'm sure the way Crosby comes across, he's had an honest, open conversation with Tom and sat down with me It hasn't come as a shock to him. But seriously, if I was in his shoes, I'm not sure I'll be okay. So I hope Tom's okay because the injury itself is a massive, massive kick in the bollocks because he's worked hard all summer to try and get back fit and in a position where he can push for the first team. To then have the captaincy taken off him in his number 10, I hope Tom's okay. You know, I'd say. Talk yeah. with it if you want to, but he's not going to contact us, and I don't expect to. But I just genuine, genuine hope Tom's okay because he's been a great servant to this club. He was captain of the club when we got promoted, yes, he was injured for some of it, but he's captain of the club when it got promoted. He's been fantastic for Port Vale, so I really hope Tom's okay.
1: Yeah, I just like you know, I've obviously bought it, all, so I'd obviously echo all that. And if Tom's future isn't at the Vale, I hope he gets fit soon. as looks after himself and gets himself the best career he can because he, he he's always carried himself really, really well, has he? He yeah. never even made any trouble off the pitch. But I was just talking about looking at the numbers and look at the midfielders we have signed, that was just a question was what jumped out. And that, for me, almost like not the right on the wall because you've got to be careful. And if he did come back and play for Vail, play really well, there'll be issues, but well done to him. But it did just look as... You know, in any walk of life, in any job you've been in, certainly some of the ones I've been sacked from, your time comes to an end, and you've got to move on to something different. And if that's what is happening to Tom when he's fit, I hope it goes really well for him.
3: Yeah, yeah, I think like, me, me, and Tom have been having a bit of a debate in, in the in the in the group, and I I think it's a really shit thing to do, the way it's been done. I think it feels like it's been something after something after something. With this and it, with it, I think it should have all been done bang at once. We the squad numbers are out, captaincy change. Do it at once, rip the plaster off. It just feels like we've done. Oh, Tom's injured. Oh, now he's no longer captain. Oh, now he's now now the number ten's ta- taken off him. And that that might be an agreement. Do you know what I mean? Ch- Chislet might have asked him, and he might have said, "Yeah, I don't care what number I am." We don't know what's happened, but from the outside, and in, in my opinion. I think it looks a bit shit from the club. And I know, Tom, you've got a different opinion on it. Well, yeah, and I think, it's,
5: I think it's part and parcel of football. And I I, I have no reason to not think that throughout the summer, Andy Crosby's probably had a conversation with Tom Coleman and said, look, you're not part of my plans. I will be signing four, five centre midfielders if we sign. Yeah. That... That will all be in my plans before you. Um in that conversation to me, says Right, well, the captaincy's gone. And shirt number, me shirt number, I'm gonna be down the pecking order, shirt number, why shirt numbers to some are a huge thing, to others not not that arsed You know, at the end of the day, some people see it as a shirt number's just a shirt number. Um you know, to Tom Conlon, number 20 might just be, oh, I'm not bothered, I'm number 20, so what? I'm not bothered. But to Ethan Chislett, number 10 might be, I mean, the world to him might, I, I, you know, you, you have people, the lucky number or something like that, or the number they wore when they had their best season or whatever, something like that. Um, and for me, if a manager comes to you and says, you're not in my plans, you can't expect to keep the captaincy. You can't expect to wear the number ten shirt. Like it, it just it, it would have stunk the place out for me if we'd have kept him as number ten and then not played him all season. Yeah. Just it just seems that it just seems an odd thing to do. Um but obviously you know, at the end
3: Oh now Tom's rose.
1: yeah, I'll just Yeah, <laughs> I was more I was more in Tom's camp than
5: Johnny's. Man, nice. I would firmly agree with Tom. He could, he could quite easily not give him a squad number, and we can. Re- I'm pretty sure you can register squad numbers at any point during the season, anyway. Um, or maybe it's just with the squad registrations, um, and maybe if they're in registration, then they have to have a squad number. Um, but personally, it wouldn't surprise me if we saw. You know, say we have a horrendous injury bout in midfield. And you know when it comes down to the packing order, and we're looking at does Tom Conlon come in? Does Tommy McDermott come in? Does James Plank go in there? Does Reece Walters come in? There's all these central midfield options, and, and personally, I don't think I don't think Crosby uh, is gonna is gonna take Tom on any further.
4: And I think the truth is. I have full faith that the club will have handled it properly, and I have full faith that Crosby will have sat down and spoke to him. And that but it still doesn't make it any easier for Tom as where well I was getting at. It. it doesn't make it.
5: It doesn't make it any easier. But but he's it, to be fair, and we all know this. Tom Collins made us tough stuff. Yeah, It comes he, across uh, as a proper professional. It comes to me. I'll be honest. From the pictures I saw the first couple of days of pre-season, it looked like. It, he turned around to Crosby and said, well, I'll tell you what, that's fine. You put me number seven on the bloody list, but I'll show you why I should be number two, number one, number three. Mm. I should be in that starting midfield.
4: And, and that's then, the attitude you want in your are Yeah, me. of
5: course it yeah. is, of course it is. And um, you never know, bloody Crosby might have fucking known that. And it might be, who knows with football nowadays, we've seen stories before when managers have come out and said, I've said X, Y, and Z to a player to give him a volley up the arse. The next season he scored 30 goals for me something like you, I don't know personally it looks to me like Tom's done at the Vale Unfor- unfortunately for Tom Um, but I do personally I do think it's time that we moved on and parted ways myself well, yeah. absolutely 100% thank you for everything he's done for us because he was outstanding as a captain particularly the season we went up Yeah, I I, I get all
3: that and I don't mind. I I just think that maybe there should have been a different way of doing it because this is just going to lead to speculation in terms of captaincy's gone, number change. Like you've just said, maybe the writing's on the wall. Maybe it isn't and something else has happened in the background. Uh, I just,
5: I don't know, I I, I don't like it. It probably wasn't written on the wall, so you've just said that. You're going, send the, you're going to send the speculation tree spinning now, aren't you?
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't buy that. We we don't we didn't we didn't sign all those midfielders for Tom Collins to have a future of the club because if we did, then we're fucking stupid. You don't you don't have like.
3: Steve, come out and let let us come out and say that then. Let us come out and be honest about it rather than I feel like this is pussyfooting around something. And maybe it's because he's injured that that they know that nobody's going to be interested in a a bloke that's out till Christmas. So what's the point? But I just feel like we've pussyfooted around it and done it in three different stages. And that's what's kind of irritated me about it.
1: Like, what if if Tom Collin knows there when he doesn't want it out there? There's our respect to him. Crosby's gone to him. Okay, Tom, I'll. You don't have a plans. Do you want it out there? Or do you just want to be tra- trained with the first team and try and get you going to move quietly?
3: Well it's it's out then. Once you strip someone of captaincy and then change the number, that's out there. So
1: it, it was I mean, out To there. be fair, <laughs> I,
5: I I I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out I don't I'm not gonna go with the idea of he's been stripped of the captaincy. I think I think the manager uh, the new manager has chosen his own his, captain. His, which which Daryl Clark did when he made Tom Conlon captain. It's, it's, it's a massive regular thing. Nobody was on. I can't even remember who was a captain before Tom Conlon. Well, Darrell was kicked off Leon Leg. Leon Leg yeah. left, him and Tom Clark was uh, Tom Conlon was given it. it Asky took
1: get off Pope, didn't he? Yeah, but that, that was, big that, big
5: was big. that was a, that was a stripping of the captaincy because Pope yeah. was Askew's captain. Yeah, and then mid-season they changed. Whereas this, the end of a season. New manager, he wants, he probably wants a fresh start throughout everything and a captain, a captaincy change. I don't, it's not the big beal and end all. Sometimes it's for the best of a team. Look at, look at Harry Maguire now, he's out of favour at Man United, so they've, they've taken the captaincy off him. Just be, why would you keep someone as captain if they aren't playing?
3: But again, the writings on the wall for him, like the difference is, look what Gerard did with Tyro Mings, for example, stripped him of captaincy, give it John McGinn. Tyron Mings went to shit for a bit and then John McGill didn't play as well swapped the captaincy back and Mings turned into a world-beater under um, Emery
5: and yeah, but then I, you've got to say that, that they're both playing when you take the yeah. captaincy off someone who's playing fair but if someone isn't playing I think they, they, I think the person who isn't playing has got to be thinking, I'm going to keep the captaincy if I'm not playing every week. Yeah, I, I, I think I'd, I'd agree with you
3: there if it was 10 games in the season sort of thing and you knew he wasn't playing. But whilst he's... At the but he's, put, not,
5: he's obviously not in the manager's plans. That's, that's why I think you should come out and say it and rip the, rip, rip the band no, up. because Because yeah. he might not be in the manager's plans now, but we don't know what happens in 10 weeks. Yeah, I'm... I'm, I'm Obviously, the injury now, we do know that Tom won't play in 10 weeks, but but if, you know, we've got people who are bang out of form, you know, we've got... Say he's, what, sixth, seventh centre midfielder on the list? So, you know, so we're playing three a game. Say all three are bang out of form, he chops to the other three. Then he changes it around a little bit. Then we have a Johnson's paint game and he play, Tom Conlon plays in the Johnson's paint game and has <laughs> an absolute stormer. All of a sudden, he's on the bench for a game. And then he comes on because we've got an injury. And I think fan. there's... I'm not year put- hmm. if he wasn't injured because of
3: it. I I, I honestly I honestly think that that's, the injury has probably scuppered something. And this probably wouldn't have happened because he would have been sold and we wouldn't be having this conversation.
1: I'd agree with that 100%. I think that Tom Conley being injured sort of forces him to give him a squad number forces him to take the captaincy off him. And it's been difficult for everybody. I mean, whether Tom would have moved, who knows, because he, he likes the air. He's got his coaching thing with Smithy. But had Tom Conlon been fit and been moved out, as Johnny rightly says, this the last 10 minutes of this podcast are not happening because he's moved on. We all say Smithy's captain. Good luck, Tom. Tom being injured sort of leaves him around the club and puts both parties in a difficult position, doesn't it?
5: I don't yeah. for one minute think Tom Collins is that unprofessional that he'd make the place stink out. No, no I'm not like...
1: saying he would. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not saying he would in the slightest. What I'm saying is it would be easier for the club and probably him if he wasn't there.
5: Wouldn't it? Mean, yeah, but there's 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 a million scenarios in life where if this happens, it'd be a lot easier. Yeah. Sometimes you know shit happens and you've just got to you've just got to do the 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 hard bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think. That's where Moving we're at on with from that. that bit
4: then, because it's nearly bedtime.
5: It seemed up in his eyes then, did everyone?
0: <laughs> 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 he's got his oh, strike on Friday. 11, it, I've yeah, stayed up Friday, past I've got 10. up
4: in the morning for a run. <laughs> um, interesting, Johnny, that Reece Walters and Jack Shot have got squad numbers. So it looks like we'll see them in some capacity during the season, whether that's pizza games or what have you. And then that's really good because it shows that Crosby's going to have faith in the youth as well as the experienced. Yeah, well, at, at the minute we've got
3: we've we've got four four young lads that that haven't got much experience with the squad number in McDermott, Plant, Sharrock, and Walters, and we've also got Smithy in in that squad squad list as well. They have all come through the academy, mm. so I think that really gives a pathway. And I know the lads gone Newcastle, um, and you, you're not turning that move down, but maybe if A lad's at an age where they go, well, actually, look, there's there's five academy graduates in this Port Vale squad. Do I want to go and be a number somewhere else? Or do I want to go and get some football here and see what develops? It's going to be, it's an odd question to ask because, let's be fair, at 14, 15, if you're being offered a top-end Premier League club, which Newcastle are, it's going to be very hard to to turn your nose up at that, isn't it? But I think at 16-17, it might be a different, a different
5: sort of question. Maybe that's just, why we're, we're pushing Sharrer. Just, just quickly, Planty and McDermott mm. are first year pros, aren't they? Yes. Yes. Whereas Sharrock and Walters are second year YTs.
4: No, Sharrock's first year YT. Yeah, he's only sixteen, isn't he? So he's not even is he? Walters. Yeah. Is second. Sharlock's first.
5: So, I mean, when was the last time a first-year YRT had a first-team squad number? Not at this point in the season.
4: There are, I don't. I can't
5: remember. That the, is outrageous.
3: Yeah, for a sixteen-year-old to get a squad number, that that shows we've got. He's still he's still a choice left wing back at the minute. Let's be fair. I hope he would not
5: bollocks like space hoppers around that place, wouldn't you? <laughs> when you are walking on your first day, and you've got a first-team squad number. <laughs> Carrying on what? the space theme. I, it, it It would. It would He's upset. Who's he to with? What's well, been training with the first team, Antti? I know, but then I don't know. With, with regards to a YTS, obviously, I know he's probably not going to make the squad most weeks. No. Matt plays so, pizza games. Yeah, I do wonder if this splits his training between the both. Mm. Possibly.
3: Well, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think that's really good for the lads and it? it opens up that pathway without us being. Overly reliant on the academy either. We're not. We're not saying that, that that's the only way now that it's going to be, because we still have signed nine players. So, yeah.
4: and it's still early days. Early days for the academy in this format. Let's not forget. It's not like this academy was set up for ten years. It's okay. We've had an academy for ten years, but in this format it is now with Will Ryder running it. It's still early days, and there's still a lot more to come from it.
3: There we is. And I, tell you, I tell you something. Reese Walters has deserved it. Yes. Because I remember seeing him last year at Liverpool and he stood out then against people his age, but my God, does he look like a man at 17? Like he's fucking huge. Yeah. Like he's been away in the summer and he's listened to what he's been told and he's bulked up. So as long as the rest of his game doesn't suffer, because you've seen sometimes lads bulk up and they, they lose a bit of pace or whatever, as long as the other bits don't suffer, i think we've got talent on his hands there and i yeah, know no, I like bigging up young lads too much but i do think we've got talent on his hands
5: yeah with you just on a little side i've just had a quick look because it, it did interest me with us with regards to his having the four young lads in the side and and obviously um and what you know we've got a couple of, have we got a couple of players over 30. yeah i didn't Low, isn't Massey. he? Over thirty. Yeah, low. My CEO, Joe Benning. Low. Um, I just thought to have a quick look, and see what our average age is for the squad currently. And have you found it. Yeah, currently it's twenty six point five months. That's good age, that. Huh, I school. think yeah, that is that is age. almost like if someone said to you, you could pick your average age. What would? What would you want it to be i think 26 27 would be
3: i was just about to say i'd, I'd probably 27 28 would be my perfect i think
5: but
1: that's like the average age of this podcast
5: <laughs> i mean don't get me wrong the goalkeepers probably put us up a little bit with Connor Repley 30 and jason luke wyler 34.
3: If got, again i think i think you you might need to i think you you take them out of it because I'd say that's perfect age for your two keepers.
5: Well, yeah, true, yeah. Ojo and Low thirty-one. Yeah, massive thirty. You could do a media average that one way. You take
1: not like just other add, add it up and, do, and divide it by the by the number.
5: Yeah,
1: to get a better reflection. But I think it's a good age. Yeah, keepers want it it to be
5: day three. Does make me laugh? Uh, it it uh, breaks it down by position further down. Um, right. So, your goalkeeper's average age is 32, obviously. Defenders, 25. Midfielders, 25. And then forward, 29, because we've only got one and he's 29. I'll be changing your forwards. Don't start me, I'm forward. <laughs> Just thought I'd wind Bez up and let him go. There. He's, he's like, he's, he's like a <laughs> coiled spring. He isn't going bad till
1: he's had his say. Is this where been. we're doing it?
5: Is this I think where we, should we should do it? it.
1: No, no, we're not doing it yet.
3: Oh. I'm going to let you talk <laughs> through the EFL changes first and we're going to end on it.
1: Cliffhanger.
4: Right. Yeah. EFL change. I've actually made some notes for this. So, changes for those that can't be asked to read it. This <laughs> season, we're expecting. <laughs> so, that's the three us. Yeah, the three of you. We're expecting (laughs) games to last for over 100 minutes this year because there's going to be a lot more added time. So, the changes that the EFL have announced is that they're going to be enhancing the ball and play time. So, how they'll be doing this, there'll be a multi ball system at every game. So, you'll now have the balls around the pitch again. Um, The second a team scores, The referee will stop his watch and it won't start again until the kickoff. So goals and celebrations are now being added on to added time, whereas last season it wasn't. Substitutions, the actual time of a substitution will now be added on, not 30 seconds. So if a sub takes two minutes walk off the pitch, two minutes will be added on to the game. Injuries and treatment, there's a big change there where basically if a player goes down injured, the whole time he is down will be added on. A player will have to leave the field of play to receive treatment unless he can't leave the field of play. So treatment will be done on the touchline now and a player will be forced to wait on the touchline for 30 seconds of the game being played. So a player won't be able to receive treatment, trot off and come straight back on the pitch. His team will be down for 10 men for 30 seconds at least. And that's on referees' discretion but at least 30 seconds to try and stop players going down and feigning injuries to get the physio on. Obviously, that doesn't count for the goalkeeper, because the goalkeeper can't go off. Is is this still
5: the thing with the bookings? You don't have to go
4: off if they get booked? Yes. If you've been fouled by a player who the referee deems it's worth a yellow or a red card, then you don't have to go off. It's more to stop the ones where a player is just going down, going all oh, ankle It's when no one's been around him yeah. and that sort of stuff. So again, really good change for me. Penalties. Stop. stop. Sorry.
1: Would you be in favour? Because on this, would you be in favour of if a player's dialing it in and is rolling around for two minutes, they have to stay off the pitch for the length of the time they've been treated for, or not? Or is that too risky if they are genuinely injured? I would be.
4: It's too hard to police from a referee's perspective. He's got a lot more to think about than okay. I'm going to time how long he's been down, and now I'm going to time it and think. What's the fourth official
5: do? On. Why can't the fourth official do it? Yeah, potentially. Potentially. I think it's. I think it's quite difficult to tell when someone's. It is. Unless they the unless point. they do the miraculous get up and run off. Yeah. It's difficult to tell whether they're feigning injury or not. Yeah. Um, carrying on for added
4: time penalties. So the second the referee blows to give a penalty, the whole time will be added on until that penalty is taken. So last year you'd have teams farting about for two or three minutes and none of that time was added on. It will be this season. And red cards, the second the ref blows to give a red card, the whole time that it takes to send that player off for him to leave the field of play will now be added on this season. So we're expecting game times to last a lot longer, but it's so we get more of the ball in play. There's going to be more yellow cards this season, and I really, really hope that referees stick to this. And it's not just a first weekend of the season and then it goes. So there's more yellow cards for delaying the restart of play. If you stand on a free kick, it should be an immediate yellow card this season. So you can't stand on to stop the quick free kicks. If a wall doesn't retreat, immediate yellow card this season. For whom? um, the player that doesn't retreat, if there's more than one player that doesn't retreat, every player that doesn't retreat will receive a yellow card. So if there's four okay, in the no. wall and none of them retreat, if one of them is a second yally, your own daft fault, you've been warned. You. And I'm fully supportive of this myself. Um, also, players surrounding referees on decisions. He, this year, he's been told to book every player that surrounds him on a decision. Obviously, captains can talk to him. But if you get five players surrounding him, shouting and bawling at him, bang, 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 bang. And if it's a second yellow card for one of you, Jerome Daffault, you've been warned.
1: So I'm in favour of all those.
4: I am. because As long as they year, stick to them. Yeah. As long as they stick to them. And him, it totally doesn't get agree. to
5: the end of August and they've all fucked off again. Agree. Yeah.
4: Totally agree with that. Um, if, so just, I don't know if you're going to touch, are you going to touch on Dogs, though? Because they've tweaked yeah. that as well. They've tweaked it, but it's kind of what it already was. So I'm just now, because they're the notes I made, I'm going back now to see the other things I made. So, yeah, basically, dogs out, so denial an obvious goal-scoring opportunity. If they've cleared it up there, if the defender has made a challenge for the ball and he's given away a penalty, it's a yellow card. Now, that's what it should have been last year, but they've just cleared it up in the laws of the game. If he's made no attempt for the ball, then it's still a red card even if it's a penalty. It, it, so, it, it, go on.
3: Reading, that, reading it, I think there was a couple of instances last year where they gave red cards for a slide tackle, for example, that was just mistimed. Yeah. And I think that's why they've changed it because they've said, as long as he hasn't two-footed him at the knees and he's actually trying to tackle, is how yes. I'm reading it. And I think there's still going to be the, the discrepancy of, oh, somebody's a yard ahead and the lad's slid tackle from behind. I, don't th- I think that'll still be a
4: red card. Yes, because the tackle itself is worth a red card wherever yeah. it is on the pitch. And, and so, that's, so that's what makes refereeing complicated,
3: isn't it? That, that, yes. Because that, people yeah. will then cry double jeopardy when... Yes.
4: It's so what it's Yeah. So what they're saying is if the tackle itself is worth a red card anywhere on the pitch, it's still a red card. If it's the last man he's gone for the ball but missed the ball and tripped him and it to be a yellow card offence anywhere on the pitch, it's a yellow card because it's not basically it's double jeopardy yeah because you're given a penalty and a red card Um, offside rule i touched on this briefly last week but i hadn't read it properly so in a nutshell if a defender controls the ball and has the ability to play it any striker that was in an offside position have cleared up is now onside so for instance we're on the attack one of their defenders chests it down and addison's offside addison nips around takes the ball off him from an offside position and goes through and scores. That is a goal this season because the defender has had the ability to play the ball. So as soon as he brings it down, he's got the ability to play it. That striker is now on side. So they've cleared that bit up, um, and I think that's pretty much. They've told referees a higher threshold for giving a free kick, i.e., just because someone's brushed past you and they fall down doesn't make it a free kick. Which again, they did that at the start of last season. After about four weeks, stopped doing it. I like that, and the wording is. As attempts continue to be made to keep the game flowing, a high threshold for penalising contact will remain, with officials not awarding a foul for all contact, yet penalising when contact has a detrimental impact on an opponent. So the telling referees it's only if the contact does affect the opponent. So it should be that players throwing themselves to the ground in the slightest contact, the ref says get up, play on. Um, and then the last one was participant behaviour, so basically empowering the ref to give more yellow cards to the technical area, effectively. So, that are all the changes. For me, very, very positive, as long as the refs don't just do it for the first three weeks and then refer it to type. Any comments, lads?
1: As long as they stick to it, they are good changes.
4: Yeah. And I think the change is that last year, if you listen to all the pods where I got frustrated with modern football, it was stuff around the time-wasting, the standing on free kicks, the flicking the ball away, the goal celebrations, where I've mentioned many a time about them getting the ball out the net and kicking it away and stuff like that. But now, do it as much as you want because it's going to be added on. The only thing
3: I don't like about the standing on it thing yeah. is I don't, I don't like the fact there that there's, there's no. It's up to the attacker, isn't it? If you take a free, quick free kick, yeah. And I get that, but as a defensive team, you want to be able to set up. So I don't like the fact that you. It kind of gives the attacking team now a bigger advantage. It does. So. I'd, I'd like, I'd, I'd like that there be a clearer way of knowing if the refs allow in a quick free kick or not, because I think that's going to catch out quite a few defences. And maybe that's, well, maybe that's what's
4: caught us out in Spain, for example. Mm, Maybe. The wording of it, because I've got it here for you, and it's only a short, so I'll read out. Match officials will also be taking a more robust approach to dealing with clear slash deliberate actions that are impactful in delaying the restart of play, with players cautioned if they are guilty of delaying the restart of play failing to respect the required distance at free kicks. There you go. That's And then just the supporters across the game will, fam, will be familiar with the changes in relation to the calculation of additional time with both the Men's World Cup in 2022 and the Women's World Cup this summer. So, yeah, that's how they would get, My. Reading that, and obviously I haven't been involved with the meetings that they've had with the managers, the players. I imagine if a player stood on a free kick, a ref will shout, get away. If the player stands there still, he'll then get booked. I don't imagine the ref will just immediately go, right, you stood on the free kick, bang, there's a yellow card. I imagine he'll shout, move away. If the player refuses to move away, that's when he'll get the yellow card. Yeah, OK,
3: that that makes me feel a little better because I I get it. I I don't. I get get why people don't like the standing on it, but I also think that sometimes it's necessary if you're going to stop a quick counter attack. Um,
4: yeah, don't get me wrong. If we can see the free kick on the edge of the box in the 91st minute and we're 1 nil up, and one of not- our players who isn't boot, I'd say go stand on that free kick and stop them taking it quick, let us set up and take a yeah. booking all day long. And you'll still get that. But as long as the refs are consistent in going, well, there's your yellow card to all teams across all divisions. I'm okay with that. And I still anticipate the, the shithousing, if you like, where you say to one of your players that hasn't been boots, go and take one for the team. I don't, I don't know if you're going to be able to do that now. I, I honestly,
3: I, I, think, I think it's too risky that late, later on in the game, it could come and bite you on the horse or later I, on in the season. I said 91st minute though. Yeah, I know. But now, now, now that there could be 12 minutes added, 91st minute doesn't True. mean anything, does it?
4: Yeah, true. So, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it actually plays out. That's on paper. Let's see how it plays out on grass. Yeah, definitely. So, shall we sh- Shall we let him go?
1: What right. I'm, rolling for.
4: I'm going yeah. to be balanced on this, or certainly try no, to be balanced. Don't be balanced.
1: Don't be balanced.
4: No, I'm going going try. balanced. Because over this <laughs> summer, we've had a good recruitment. Goalkeeping area, if we look at what we've gone from and what we go to, and no disrespect to the people that were in goal last year compared to now, massive, massive improvements, fantastic recruitment in the goalkeeping area, all for it. Defensively, I'd say good recruitment and we're stronger. Midfield, good recruitment, we're stronger. Shit show when it comes to strikers. I said on the last pod, I was still comfortable with it. One, because in my head, Dale Taylor was coming. We've been linked with Dale Taylor that much. I thought he's got to be coming. Dale Taylor's coming. He's gone fucking Wickham. Wickham. I get they've been a championship club more recent than we have. They've got less season tickets than us, less fans than us. He's gone fucking Wickham. I believe we have missed out on Dale Taylor. Something somewhere has made him choose Wickham over Port Vale, and I can't get my head around what would. What if there so, was the police? If they want a choice, they want a choice, and we don't know who we've got in for. Where I'm at now, I said, as long as we brought two strikers in before close of play Friday, one being Willow, I was happy. At this point, we haven't even brought Willow in. We're one week from the season kicking off, and again, to be balanced, do I believe that the recruitment team that Carol and everyone sat there going, oh, fuck it, let's not bother with the striker? Of course I don't. I believe they're working their horses off. They're probably working 20 hours a day to try and bring the right striker in and hopefully we'll get him. But we're now one week from the start of the season. We've got one striker on the books. What happens if he gets injured at Doncaster tomorrow? What do we do at Barnsley on the opening day? We should not be in a position where we're one week away from the season. And even if we bring a striker in on Wednesday, he's got a couple of days with his squad before the season kicks off. You're not telling me that we haven't tried to sign a striker on a permanent over this summer. Because I think we all know. We definitely would have tried to sign a striker on a permanent over the summer. We aren't just going, oh, we'll bring a load of loans in up front and not get a permanent. If you're signing a striker on loan, sometimes you anticipate it's going to get close to the start of the season. For a permanent striker, you want them in as early as possible. And it doesn't always go that way. I get that. You miss out on strikers. Sam Smith was big rumoured. We were in for Sam Smith. He's gone Redding. Do you know what? I can take that one on the chin. Redding have probably offered him a lot more money than we could. It's his boyhood club. He's come through the academy there. Gutting, because i don't love Sam Smith, but I can take that one. Where's the striker? A week away from the fucking start of the season. And tomorrow we're going Doncaster with Alice Addison on the books and that's it. And it isn't just, okay, Ben Garrity can go and play up front and he'll do you the job. No problem with that. As we saw when we played in League Two with no strikers, strikers play different up front than someone filling in. A striker can hold the ball up. They can play with the back to goal. They can bring the team 10 yards up the pitch. They can stop the ball just coming straight back at you. When you're playing with midfielders up front or wingers up front, that ball just comes straight back at you and you lose your shape. You lose the ball and that puts a lot more pressure on your defence. I can't believe we're a week away from the start of the season with only Alice Addison on the books as a striker. So play, play devil's advocate here a minute.
3: You, at the end of last season, were adamant that James Plant's going to be involved in 15 goals in some form, right? Still not a striker. No. Wait, let, shush, 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 shush. We go into the Barnsley game and we're playing 3-4-3. Three, 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 three. We, we, need, we need one, maybe two strikers max on the books extra then. That changes the recruitment type. You look at what we've got, and we're not everyone, everyone's tunnel visioned that we're going into the first game of the season, we're gonna play three, five, two, we're gonna shoot shoe one to so one in there. That might happen. I'm not saying it won't. But what's equally adept is happening is we've actually got players now that can play in different positions. So we could go three, four, three, we could go three, six, one even and put Chislet in behind. There's there's a lot more options this season it's not ideal that we haven't signed another striker we all know that I just don't think it's as disastrous it's it's not going to be a. have seen it oh it's just going to be Tommy McDermott up front it's not going to happen Dad Mas is going to going to be up there before Tommy are you and, trying to raise my blood pressure uh, it's not, but <laughs> it, it, it's compared to Tommy McDermott it's, it's a seasoned professional
4: Now, on a serious note, Gavin massive clean slate, new season, let's go from a clean slate.
3: Yeah, there's a lot more options this year, and we do need to sign a striker. And I'm not defending the club in that terms. But what I am saying is that we've got 90% of the recruitment right. We're going to get that striker right. It's just going to take a bit longer. We're not going to sign a -a 20-goal-a-season striker that's proven. Was it pie in the sky? Should we have ever been in for Sam Smith? Probably not. Have we wasted time going in there? Probably. But you don't buy a ticket, you don't win the lottery. I fully believe that somewhere now at the club, there's tier A, tier B and a tier C list of striker. They've looked at it and gone, right, we're talking to this tier A, these tier B and these tier C. These tier C are ready to sign. They've said, yeah, we like what you've got to offer sound. And we're probably holding off on that. And I agree. I I I don't mind. I don't mind us holding off on a lower tier striker to take a gamble on it. It might mean we miss miss out on that TSC. He might go and sign somewhere else because he wants that sort of that that gimme. But at this stage, I still look at the strikers that are out there and think there's still a shitload out there. Something's amiss this season because you look across our league and there's. A lot of clubs that have shit recruitment. I don't think Exeter have got one player out of their starting eleven still at the club. Like that's they they've shit recruitment there. Sam Numbay's just gone Charlton. They that they've fucked something massively there. Bristol Rovers fans are going nuts about their recruitment. they're, they're, they're four or five players away and they've just signed two keepers and they're like, we we didn't really need two keepers. So, I think recruitment, this season, this window, seems to have been different. And I'm not using that as an excuse. I just... I can't get behind this disaster
4: movie that it seems like it's, it's been portrayed to be. And like I said, I'm trying to be balanced. Goalkeeper, defence, midfield. I am over the moon with recruitment, what we've done there. Completely over the moon. Alice Addison more than happy with Alice Harrison as a starting striker throughout the season but I can't believe we're a week away from the start of the season and again, do I believe it's through lack of effort, do I believe it's through lack of trying, no I don't, I believe we've done everything we can to get strikers in before now and I fully believe by the end of the winter we will have strikers in and it may be ones that I go, fucking hell they were worth waiting for, that was really good but we're a week away from the start of the season and we've got one striker on the books, strikers win your games, On, on, on that one, Tom. What happens if Anishin picks up and not five minutes? So, days
5: the, so, the, so, game? so you, the one thing you just, you did say, Bez, earlier was, you sign someone Wednesday, they've only got two days with the team. Yeah. We're fully aware that if we go to James Wilson on Wednesday and say, sign that, pal, He signs it and he's had three weeks with us. Yeah. So, he's got two there. Uh, I, the the one thing that's probably annoying me the most about it is that people keep saying it's the same as last year. It's not the same as last year because we, we didn't start with a fit striker last year. Jamie Proctor was not fit in the slightest. I agree with that. He was an absolute mile away from... He was miles away from being a League Two forward. He was that unfit. So we have still got a fit, number nine. We haven't got no forwards whatsoever. We're not going into the game having to play midfielders up top. We can accommodate, like Johnny said, we could play two lads in, we could play Arblaster and Chislet in behind Harrison. We could play Massey and Plant either side of Harrison. We could play Massey and Harrison up there. You know, we could play Chislett maybe just off him. There's there's options. we there's, there's, there could be Wilson and Harrison. Fucking hell at the end of last season, everyone had snapped your bastard hand off for it to Wilson and Harrison starting the first game of the season. Agreed. That is that is an option. That is, from what I heard from Andy Crosby last night, and he said something, and I don't know whether he meant to say it or whether he said it uh, on purpose, or whether it's me reading too much into stuff, but he said, when you're signing a striker, there's so much that goes into it, he said, because there's agents to speak to, there's families to speak to, there's players to speak to and then he said and there's the strikers club to speak to which to me said we're going after someone that we're going to pay a bit of money to that looks to me like we've got a target in mind and it's just and and and, and it's all it's also a bit if we sign signing someone who's in our division like we did alice harrison if he signs on tuesday he will be fit enough to go straight into that starting lineup to play on Saturday because he should have done preseason all summer so far with his side in this division. So he should be fit enough to play ninety minutes on Saturday. If we sign him, you know, and 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 why would you? You know, you could yes, all right, you get the benefit of the doubt of having him with his teammates if you sign him in start of July. Does the factor of, all right, well, can we give it a month? We haven't got a pain for that month. He knows where the net is. Do we just, yeah, we'll sign him August the 1st? I don't know. Probably doesn't yeah, well, come into it, but it might. It could. Do. It could. For me, I just.
4: I said I wanted someone, I wanted two strikers and plus Alice before we played Doncaster to give him a bit of a run out with the teammates. And that one of them being <coughs> Willow, who still hasn't signed. We'll see if he plays tomorrow or not. Let's hope he doesn't. Let's hope he then signs, because that's one. You start with Willow and Alice up front at Barnsley. And again, if we sign a striker before Barnsley, all this is bollocks and it's bears what we are worrying about. And I really hope that's the case. I really do. What happens when Alice has run himself on the ground in 60 minutes? You've got no strikers on the bench.
5: To be fair, we know Alice Harrison can run himself into the ground for 80, 85 minutes, no problem.
1: I'll jump in here. Go on, Steve. I was, I was Team Bez, then Tom has made me rethink, so I'm sitting on the fence. I would say Alice Harrison's fitness record isn't the best. It's not beyond the realms of possibility that he gets injured at Doncaster. Last Tom talks about last season being completely different. I agree up to a point. Last season, all we edge was. We finished late. We couldn't recruit properly. We had the Bastard Robbie Williams constant. We couldn't recruit properly. They have had ample time to get to two most important positions on the pitch: arguably keeper and striker. One bang on. We'd all agree. I think they should have done better. And I don't give a shit how hard they try. If whatever your job is, trying hard and doing your best sometimes isn't good enough. You have to achieve results. And they should have bought somebody in, whether that's signing one less midfielder to free up more budget, one less center off. In my opinion, they should have bought somebody in by now to do it. If it is as, like we say, on one day when it's Sharp comes in. Now, I don't think he's the type of player we should sign, But if he comes in, we're all going to be very happy. Then, again, this is non-existent. I think they've been... Re- been remiss, and I think Bulls don't recruit the strikers this season.
4: I am not going as far as balls up yet until I see who does come in, but I'm very, very, I think it's a shit show that we're going into the last friendly with one striker on the books. I do think that's a shit show, and again, I don't think it's through lack of trying, I don't think it's through lack of talking to people. Well, I, I don't, don't think the recruitment it. team is sat there with the finger up their arse saying ah, let's see if we can piss the fans off and leave the striker until last. But I do think we've missed out on strikes. We haven't got to the 28th of July without missing out on strikers that we haven't signed one. And again, we're not going to get every target we go for. I totally appreciate that. And I think we were in for Dale Smith. I can't take he's gone out Wickham over us. I think we were in for Sam Smith. The fucking Dale, Dale Smith. Smith? Dale Taylor. <laughs> Sam, Sam Smith, brother. I can take... <laughs> Sam's <from> brother. <laughs> I don't think we, we were
3: Smith in for Taylor Taylor Smith brothers. Hang on, hang on, Bez. Let's, let's, let's attack this one by one, then. Right, why, why were we in for Dale Taylor?
4: There's no smoke without finding there was that many rooms. Where again, I don't know we were, but for me, there was that much smoke. Let me just stop you. Let me stop you there. What was what was the rumor? There was loads of rumors that Dale Taylor was coming from the end of last season. You've had him, I've had him, we've all had him. Yeah. Again, it's rumors. The club haven't told us that, so there's no one from the club going, "Oh, did you know we're signing Dale Taylor?" So there could be just that rumors. No, but. but
3: like the the, the rumour that we, we all heard and was making its way round was that a player was on its way out and that's why Taylor was going to come in. That player hasn't left. So we haven't missed out on someone that we might, we've probably never been in for.
4: And, so and- after that, you never had the rumour that Dale Taylor was coming after that didn't happen?
3: Yeah, well, the, the, we, we, mate, we, we've, we've seen... Alfie, Alfie May was in bloody Anley. The, the, yep. week before, the, the day before he signed for Charlton,
4: for example. And again, if we've missed out to Charlton, I can take that on the chin.
3: There's, there's, there, Rumours are just that. Agreed. Like, you, you can't... You, you Do can't, you
4: think we've got to the 28th of July and we haven't missed out on any strikes and we're still in for the main striker we were going for?
3: We've definitely missed out on the strikers. I think if we wanted Dale Taylor, Dale Taylor would have been in. I hope so, because if he chose Wickham over us, that's a shit show. No. I think he would have been in. I, I think we've got enough grace with Forrest to show we'll we we we'll, we'll play you lads. And I think if we wanted him, he would have been in. I honestly don't think he was listening to what Crosby said. He's not the quick off-the-shoulder striker. No. So would Forrest have wanted him to come to Port Vale to play second fiddle to Alice Harrison? No, no. agree with
4: that. And as we say, all these rooms, we don't know who we were in for New we weren't. We haven't sat in the recruitment. What I'm getting at is 28th of July. We've missed out on strikers. And we've probably missed out on midfielders, defenders and goalkeepers as well. Although saying that, Conor Ripley was probably first choice and we got him. But we've probably missed out on defenders and midfielders that we don't know about. Yeah, for me, I wanted a striker in Barna. And I'm sure <laughs> the club did as well. I'm not saying the club didn't. Trying to be balanced but I am now twitchy that we haven't got a striker in a week before the season starts. Very twitchy. I, I
5: agree. But we do have a striker. Yeah, we have eight strikers. Yeah, but we've got one.
1: In every other position, we've got more than one option, though.
5: I know, I, I know. I appreciate that, but we have a striker. We're not going into the game at Barnsley, touch wood, provided he doesn't get injured tomorrow, without a striker. We're not. We've got one. Is it enough to have one option up front? It's not. It's it, it, the, the difficulty is it's not enough to have one striker all season. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fair enough, yeah. Because at some point, yes, he needs a rest. He's going to get injured. He's going to because of the way he plays. He's going to get knocks.
4: And but, I'm sure they'll be pulling up roots to get a striker. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Saturday.
5: I hope I'm sure they will want somebody before next Saturday because I'm sure they won't I'm want sure to go into. Barnsley, Fleetwood, Reading, and Alice Harrison have to play ninety minutes in all fucking three. Agree. Yeah. I I do I do I do think that, and, and, and you know we've all we've all said about, you know, and I get that people, a lot of people tend to put their four strikers out in, in the four categories they have. They have Alice Harrison, they have James Wilson, they have a another striker who is league one level is we know of him you know you say his name you know who he is and then everyone tends to say that fourth one a lone striker from a Premier League okay or championship yeah so say we're thinking we've got this we've got this massive target in our heads now of who we want to go and buy from XY and Z. We are currently going through negotiations with them we're going back and forth on a price soon as we agree a price, then we can start going in with their agent then and sorting that side of stuff out. Premier League teams, what, 12 out of 20? Probably aren't even in this continent right now. On the way back now, I think. Do you know what I mean? You're coming into... They're two weeks <laughs> from their start now. We're to Singapore, aren't they, this week, yeah. for example. You're going to have young lads who are still away. They... Granted, they will probably you'll probably see an influx of them signing for clubs Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah, maybe Hopefully. even maybe even fucking Friday dinner time if you can get them in before the twelve o'clock deadline. But so I would happily take the Premier League loan now, and we bide our time in getting the the main partner to Alice, as it were. We need to get that right, for me, more than we need to get the loan right. Oh, yeah, yeah, I agree with that.
4: I agree yeah, with that. Yeah. And I just think it was... We had to talk about the fact we'd only got one strike on the books a week before the start of the season, because no, no, I, if I, we I said mean, everything's I rosy and
5: everything's great, we'd have got battered for going, well, wait a minute, we're going well, to. Yeah, We'd also be lying, because we're yeah. not saying it's rosy and great. Me and Johnny are probably very much in the... In the it's it's not ideal, but it's... it's a we, we're more than capable of coping with the situation whereas you and steve are more in the situation you're more of the thought that it's it's shit. it shouldn't be the case which again is completely fine it's personal opinion on that yeah
4: it is yeah. and like i say hopefully by the time we record the pod on thursday in the preview we've signed at least one maybe two that he's had some sleepy happy and go do you know what yeah i was panicking over nothing i it could be completely was...
5: mental that you name your starting 11 on thursday and alice addison isn't agree. <laughs> yeah. it. agree yeah it could happen, it, on really could happen. it
1: really could happen <laughs> but yeah, and let's same, not
4: forget yeah we played kids grove and newcastle and alice addison was rested for both he had a tight hamstring, didn't he? It's like... is that what it was? I don't know. I never. Heard. And I think
5: yeah. I heard—I heard Crosby say as well. Was it with Tom Sang in against Grimsby? Yes. Yeah. He said, said he, rest, he rested him there, but he could have played had it been a league game. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 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 I, think that's I, good. I suppose I'm more twitchy as well,
4: knowing that Alice finished the season injured. And yes, I know he's played what sixty minutes against Grimsby, was it, and it
5: was an impact injury was the there, wasn't it? it was, I can't remember. Face. It was. It was his overhead kick game. Bristol okay. Rovers. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he. Uh, I'm sure he took, he took one to the vote race.
1: One, he? Yeah, yeah.
5: He did, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But
4: yeah, it's it's only right. And again, it's not me saying bloody how the club isn't even trying. Of course they're trying. Of course they want a striker. We all want a striker. And I fully hope one is in this week, in the building this week. Settles in, plays against Barnsley, gets in hat trick, and we're top of the league. Five o'clock on the Saturday
5: night five o'clock with all this added on time mate quarter past six, six o'clock <laughs>
0: Sunday morning, yeah. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Sunday morning. Yeah. sometimes Sunday morning
4: <laughs> we're top <laughs> of the league
5: <laughs> have to bite <laughs> your time on this one a little bit
4: yeah but yeah it's again it's only right for us to talk about it because people are panicking now when I mean, I'm one of them that's getting panicky and again I don't The fact that I'm panicking over it and Carol and Flickcroft and the club aren't is the right way around because the last thing we want is them panic and go and bring in Theo Robinson. They need to get it right, so they
5: can't be panicking. But
4: but,
5: on the the flip
3: side, you you mentioned Theo Robinson. On paper, he's everything that people are screaming out for. He came to us as a proven goal scorer, and he's he's twice been to us and not, not Sean. So yeah, the paper is everything we want on grass is fucking dog shit. Yeah. It, it's only it's only at us that that seemed to have happened. Yeah. So we whoever we sign you you can't be you can't be going. We want a striker and I've seen it all week so far. We can't be having a striker, but I don't want Kyle Huddling. he's shit like you can't have it both ways. It's <laughs> the club have set their eyes on the target and they think it's best. You can't be saying, I want a striker, but not that one. Agree. That's not how the game works. We don't want
4: Theo Robinson.
3: Yeah, no, no one wants Theo Robinson now. He's too old. But you, I'm, just saying, I'm using Theo as, as an example of a striker that's been at a previous club and been at a couple of previous clubs, turned up and been shit. Tyrone Barney, for example, came with a big rep, been sold for a million pounds at one stage. And was was awful at Vale, and it's it's things like that. Not always because on paper they've scored twenty goals for two seasons previously, are they going to be a guaranteed hit? And aside, not because they just scored zero goals and nine for Wimbledon last year or whatever, does it mean that they're going to be a complete flop?
4: No, we agree. Sochi come in with shit stats and all his previous clubs said how bad he was and we all yeah. love Sochi. Popey come in, not a goal scorer, scored 33 and got us promoted. I'll always judge players when I see him in a veil shirt. But the, why, and that, that's, all,
0: that's, I,
1: that's, that's all that's Johnny, why can't I say that huddling wouldn't be my choice? But if you sign for us then we need something. so I'm, I'm, you know, I, I suck it up because I can't say on one hand we need a striker, but surely I'm and say do you know what? I don't think huddling's the type of profile player that I would like to see avail, but I'm glad he's come because we've got no other options. Why no, that's, say that?
3: that's fine for you to say that. What I've seen is Hudlin's shit. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that would that's, be my position. Yeah, I don't.
1: It's,
3: right, it's writing a lad off before he's even
4: actually signed for us.
2: Yeah, um, yeah that's right. he's, he's and gone. let's
4: be honest before most fans have actually seen him play he's I've seen only play, had yeah. seen him play for half an hour and I watched the playoff yeah. final with Solly Olmoorzen where he played for half an hour and now he bossed that game not because he was a great silky footballer but because the defenders couldn't cope with him he come off and then Grimsby took over and Grimsby turned it round to win the game but I've only seen half an hour of him so I can't say oh well, he's great
5: off that and I he's shit off that yeah I mean, he's some target man for Dan Jones on a throw, isn't he? Oh, <laughs> God, <gosh>, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of set pieces, if you've got some figure who's seven foot.
4: And yeah, according to other field fans, and I've seen a few comments, and I know that Alfie AB7 on YouTube went to watch one of their friendlies saying, What a good preseason he's having. And I think he scored in every friendly. Mm. So's Keen Harriet.
1: Yeah. yeah.
5: Although yeah. he didn't score in the last friendly, don't don't. Oh, think. I thought he did. We could take them both. Hey. So no, he didn't a score that stop force. That's the no, yeah, like they played. Yeah, yeah.
4: scored against up and actually a real nice composed finish one-on-one with the goalie He slid it in the corner.
5: He looks a decent footballer with his feet of what I've seen. But I've... Do you know what? I could look good on a YouTube clip of myself. Yes. Mm. I'm not sure about that. But all all's I'm, all's I'm saying is though. No, we back the to the that. Strikers,
3: <laughs> like, Steve, with, with, with what you've just said, I'm not saying you can't have an opinion on a striker. But I'm 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 asking people not to write someone off before they've even fucking signed. Oh,
1: yeah, a thousand percent I agree with that. If he comes to Vail, we we write behind him. while we're
3: looking up at him, obviously. But... It, it, because for me the issue is and I, I don't know if this I don't I don't know if this does have an effect on people or not. But if he's not signed and he's sat there thinking, should I go X or Y? And then on Twitter like goes on Twitter or someone his agent says, I've been on Twitter and all the Vale fans fucking hate you, mate. Like that makes the decision up, and it, may, it could make recruitment ten times harder. And I'm not saying that happens. I don't know. I don't, we we know for while well some players tweet, Twitter like search their own name. Like we 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 saw it a few seasons ago with the Chris Hussey situation, and we've we've seen people called out for doing it and whatnot. So I don't know how how much of an effect that sort of thing has on on you as as a player, but.
1: It's just his agent (laughs) goes on Twitter and says, Don't go bail. They've not got rights pies anymore. He'd have to have a Hollands. (laughs) (laughs)
4: But the new away shirt's been into space, so sign for (laughs) him.
1: Is he still still hitting the moon yet?
5: (laughs) (laughs) Tom's muted himself as he's He's trying to give us (laughs) (laughs) something. For fuck's sake, I'm having a rant here and everything. You're all bastards. Hundred thousand foot that's where it went. <laughs> yeah, and you've got a twelve-inch cock. <laughs> Eleven. <laughs>
1: it's not good. It's yeah. That wide. It's not anyway, Johnny,
4: that's a bumper pod because with the hour we've done with Richie, that's coming next. We've got a three-hour pod there. Oh, um, So I'm.
3: Just, I'm just going to. I'm going to end it on another rant because oh. I can't. Um, and Tom, you're gonna you're gonna love this one. Can Vale fans fucking read? It's an initial allocation of one <sighs> thousand tickets. Tickets of Barnsley. Please read what it says. They're doing what we're doing next season. They're selling block by block. We will sell a thousand tickets, we will get more. It is fine. It holds six thousand. Calm yourselves down and read. Exaggerating isn't it five thousand,
4: it holds. Um, well, I five think thousand. it's five and a half, actually. Somewhere <laughs> in the middle. But anyway, there's <laughs> enough for everybody that wants to go, is what we're saying.
3: Just calm yourselves down and read the post. Right, like, it's just, it, yeah, it's just something that wound me up. And even Veilper put in bold and italics, the word initial, and it's still, <laughs> like, set everyone on fire. So calm down. It's fine. We'll all be there. There'll be a good... Three and a half thousand of us because we, we won't sell the whole thing out. it will be a good day. Three strikers will be in the squad. Bez will be happy. Tom will be happy. Steve will be happy. I'll be content. I'll be content. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm never happy. I've got, I've got to figure out who my new Tom Petters. I'm not happy at the minute. Bunzo, Bunzo. Bunzo. Yeah.
5: I told you. I think it'd be Tom Sang. Yeah, I think it's going to be Tom Sang. I'm leading. I think he's Sang. a tidy little player. <laughs> so, we'll find,
3: find out. We will. We'll soon find out. But as I say, we'll be back next Thursday with the first preview and a, a mini season preview as well. Um, and then Barnsley will be Saturday. We'll record probably the Sunday. Yeah, probably. Are you going on the Fumbles, the Barnsley Bears? Oh, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll we'll record the Sunday. Um, hopefully, it'll be a positive part with no... And dogs. with the added time, we won't be back till Sunday. <laughs> yeah. but yeah, actually, yeah. You'll all be sober <laughs> now, won't you, on away games? It'll be, it'll be weird. we yeah. will be what? You'll be, you'll be sober by the, time, by the time full-time happens on an away game now. It's going to be dead weird. Yeah, but then you've got to go again on the buzz back, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, you, you're going to be sat there for four hours watching football thinking... Jesus, I'm sobered up
5: here. Um, I don't drink normally at the football anyway, so it's all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just just before after. I remind
4: you of that next Saturday. <laughs> he says at the football, he didn't say
3: before or after bed. That's True. the key. Well yeah, there we go. Let's let's get gone. Any a, any final thoughts, Steve? No, just
1: get. and you go just, to bed. Get... Yeah, get down there, get a new strip. Hopefully, we will sign a strike and me and Bez look like idiots.
4: Fully hope so, obviously. I do fully hope so.
3: Bigger
1: idiots than normal.
4: Yeah, fully hope so.
3: Yeah, an apology goes out tomorrow if Alice Harrison gets injured. That is best, like, striking
4: the curse.
0: <laughs>
4: no, I think it was me highlighting a potential issue. <laughs>
5: Tom, anything, any, any more for any more? No, no, I'm all, I'm all, uh, I'm all out of stuff to rant about this week. Well,
4: there we go, Bears, Last but not least. No, nope, nothing. Tom's going to get in his little, little rocket bed now and go into space, and we can all go sleeping. I hope everyone enjoys the this next part bullshit. of the pod as Richard Absolute Bates comes bullshit, on. This. <laughs>
3: Lovely stuff. Right. Let's hand over to, to Best to introduce Richie.
4: And welcome to part two of the pod. So, we're joined by a special guest from the club. It's me and Johnny now. And we're joined by Richie Bates. Richie, how's it going?
0: Not too bad, chaps. What about you?
4: Not bad. The first question is can you play up front on Saturday?
0: Absolutely not. I think I was a very average central midfielder. My dad was a hell of a lot better than me. But uh, and I think my two brothers are better than me as well. But yeah. I uh, central midfield, and then literally in a little, you know, one yard sort of circumference is where I could play, so, you know, unfortunately I can't. Uh, Can your dad or brothers play up front? We're all getting desperate now, we're weak for the season. Yeah, they could probably do a job, but um, yeah, I think obviously that the guys are, you know, searching hard and I know the fans don't particularly like to hear that, you know, they're working hard, but they really are, and again, it's not that the club doesn't want the strikers, you know, like I said, the trying really hard to get them it's just it's the one position on the pitch that doesn't matter if you're Barcelona or Leighton Orient they all want the same thing 25 goal a year striker
4: yeah yeah we'll get one in. but anyway we've discussed strikers early in the pod so let's get know you Richie so the first question we always ask getting know you who did you support growing up?
0: Arsenal. corny? <laughs> hey. Yeah.
3: Yeah, my local
0: team's Boston United, but um, yeah, grew up uh, sporting Arsenal with my, my dad and my two brothers, Elliot and Aaron, so yeah, it's a uh, big Arsenal household. Without giving away your age, would you remember 98,
4: 99, Then oh, when the yeah. Royal played them?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that was my, um, that was the year that I can really remember. Um, I think it's probably one of the best teams as well. Yeah. Really strong at the back. Yeah. Um, and then and Wright, who was one of my favourites. So uh so yeah, no, that was a that was a real top team, that one.
4: And if you remember rightly, Vale actually beat you at tie, but he won nil because Naylor scored and the line up his flag up and when replays showed there was no wasn't offside, but we didn't have Vol back in them days.
0: That Rudgy, was the yeah, was in charge, then I don't charge he was, I think. Yeah. I've seen Rudgie twice today, actually. So uh Yeah, I always like to hear Ruddy's stories. He usually goes to um, away games with me. I bet that's class, actually. Yeah, so I always start quizzing him, and especially with the the best one is we'll uh, put football podcasts on as we're going down the road, and uh, I have to pause pause it every two or three minutes because he ends up telling me, you know, his podcast, really, and then, uh, you know, the different people that he's dealt with, especially we had a Harry Redknapp podcast on and we had to pause it every 30 seconds because he was telling me about players he took from him and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, he's a, he's a brilliant guy, Reggie. And, uh, yeah, he's, the stories he's got are uh, fantastic.
4: Has he told you yet yeah, about scoring at Old Trafford for Bristol Rovers in the FA Cup? Well, I don't think he has, actually. Ask um, him about that one.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that, yeah, that'll be
4: on there. Scored yeah. front of the Stratford end for Bristol Rovers in the FA Cup.
0: Yeah, might that. That. Well, I might like that. Ask a him about that one. He didn't. He, to be fair, he does not talk much about when he was a player. It's usually when he was a manager and the, you know, transfers and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, no. But like I said, he's a brilliant guy, and uh, yeah, I got a lot of time for Rudgie. There was a lot of banter between us, though. We he, he even said that to my dad today. We bumped into him in Trenton, and uh, mum, and dad, and my sister was down from Lincolnshire and uh, bumped into him, and he was. Yeah, saying to my dad, oh, God, do you want to listen to it when we're going at each other in the, in the van with a bit of banter? But, yeah, no, he's a, he's, he's a brilliant guy.
4: And what's your sister called, Richie? Natasha. Natasha. I and Natasha, hopefully you can understand
0: what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I did say that the other way. Yeah, it's, 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 I can't understand what, what his accent is. So it's such a, you know, a, um, a broad accent. I so, say, yeah, he's, he's proper stoopy. Yeah. Definitely. Johnny, next question. Um, well, you've already touched on
3: it with Ian Wright, I think. Um, but was he your favourite player when you were growing up?
0: Um, I think most lads, if the dads play, I think it's usually your dad is your, you know, your favourite player. But I think the one that springs to mind who was my favourite was um, Baggio, Roberto Baggio. So my dad made me, made me watch a lot of Italian football growing up. Um because we thought the technique was better and it was obviously on um with James Richardson on Sunday, if you remember that. Yeah. So um That's so awesome. yeah, yeah, Baggio was Baggio was my favourite. My initials are R B as well, and I even had my Barnet, I even had my Barnet like him you know, as a kid and and stuff like that. So yeah, he was my he was my favourite most probably.
4: And it should be a miss for us not ask. Who is your dad and who did he play for?
0: Um, he, he only played sort of locally, but he was at Boston United as a kid. He was pl- played with um, Big Keith, Alexander, if you remember Keith? Yes,
4: There's, the ex-Lincoln
0: manager. Yeah, yeah, Macclesfield as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah and, um, yeah, he got a couple of injuries and stuff, but he was real, real good player locally. Um, same village as, like, a couple of uh, players. Chris Woods, yeah. up in the village we did, around sort of the same age as my dad, so... So yeah, it was a yeah. It's funny one, Lincolnshire, that because the um, area is so big. I think it's the second biggest county in the country. So it's it's quite a vast one. So like where I grew up, it's um, in between Lincoln and Peterborough, really. Hence my accent's a bit more southern. Yeah. Whereas Carol grew up sort of top end of Lincolnshire.
4: Yes. Yes, I did either. Mm. Yeah. And the last one for getting known, this is the one Johnny loves, and I'm sure you've heard his ask other guests your irrational dislike of a player. <laughs> Have you just um, asked that one? No, I haven't. No, I haven't. Right. So, in a nutshell, like I think Johnny, yours was Luke Rogers, who you know scored uh, a lot of goals for that, but was always offside.
3: No, no, no,
4: My oh, no. Irrest- oh, goals was Adam Yates. Was Adam Yates? Yes. It was um, a good player. Gianni just never took to him as a player.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah. I,
3: I, I'm I thinking, We've think, had, yeah. had some Balfers as well recently, haven't we? Someone said Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. So, it it can just be... It literally be anybody that you've seen that, that you've you're been told about this hype and stuff and then you've watched him and thought, he's pretty shit in my opinion. Yeah, I'm trying to
0: think of a, a couple that... When I was growing up... Um, I remember... Do you remember... Arsenal signed a couple of Scandinavian players that were supposed to be, like, top-level. John Jensen. And I remember, it like, won the Euros in, like, 92 or something like that. And, yeah, they were supposed to be amazing. And then, uh, yeah, he didn't really do much for Arsenal. So, yeah, I'd say maybe that's one of the ones that comes to the mind. See, and I can't remember
3: them. Yeah, my Arsenal ones, Robert Pires. Oh, it like, was quality. I don't, I don't, see, I don't see young Youngberg was oh, losing yeah.
0: Yeah. He's one of the best players they had. Uh,
3: see, that's that, it's why it's irrational. I think yeah. Fred, Fred, Freddie was miles better, but Pyrrha seemed to get all the poor because he was mates with Omri. I just didn't get so, it. Yeah,
0: Freddie was more of a grafter. That's
3: the... Yeah. That... Working-class hero, that's what Freddie was.
0: A bit like Ray Parler. He grafted a lot, so it made the other ones look better. <laughs> yeah. Ray Parler's
4: legend grew after he retired, didn't it? Did
2: what,
4: you hear the stories that... His wife knew nothing about football, uh, didn't understand what sort of money's on that, so he made out to her as though he was just on, like, an average working man's wage and just blew the rest of it without her
0: knowing. Yeah, yeah that's right, Pauly. Yeah, I, I like Pauly. He's, he's a good good speaker as well, good talker. So, yeah, uh, I quite like listening to him, actually. Yeah, proper bloke's bloke. Yeah, definitely.
4: Go on then, Johnny, lead the next questions. Yeah so
3: we obviously just wanted to find out a bit more more about what your job is Richie at Vale what you do and stuff like that so um lead away fire away to talk to us about what you do day to day
0: yeah i think um, when i when i first joined it was it was only a couple of months before the pandemic so i'm quite actually quite grateful that i joined when i did because at least i could meet a few people in that whatever it was three four months before the pandemic happened um because if i'd have kind of joined after that i'd have I'd have really struggled i think um because obviously a lot of you know working from home and um carol did something really good was because i moved up by myself she sent me back home during the pandemic because she wanted me to be around family and friends and stuff like that i think it just shows the type of character that carol was or is yeah. um so um, so when I first came in, it was more around um, partnerships, sponsorships and hospitality to begin with. Um, and then it sort of evolved over time where, you know, sort of ticketing, um, clothing, merchandise um, what we call sort of venue sales. So anything that's sort of sold during the week and, and effectively now, it's sort of any revenue sort of coming into the club that's not sort of football related. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, so anything to do with the first team, including sort of the centralised agreement, which is what you get from the league. Effectively, everything else sort of revenue wise is, is sort of sat with commercial.
4: Right, that's interesting. So when you came in, hmm. which how long ago was that now? Was that the pandemic? Uh, I mean, November 2019. That Coming up for four years then? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. what sort of state was commercial in when you got here? Obviously, without throwing anyone under the bus. Yeah, I was going to say, say what's a, do a that, diplomatic
0: but... way to say it? Um, yeah, it could do with some work. That's the, probably the yeah. best way to do it. You know, and um, lot, like a lot of the other areas of Vale as well, really, you know, um, you know, needed some attention and, you know, needed somebody to come in that sort of had a bit of experience or something like that and do it in a different way, really, because that sort of, you know, sort of three or four months previously. Um, they only obviously just purchased the club and I think it was the end of May, was it? Something like that. So it was only sort yeah. of three, four months or whatever the amount of time was until until I joined. You know, and that's nothing against the, the people that had done commercial before me. It was just a different way of doing it. Um, but yeah, no, hopefully, I think, hopefully, you know, sort of the, the club and the owners and hopefully, hopefully the fans as well can see it. You know, yeah. it would change.
4: So, yeah, definitely. And obviously, we're not going to talk to you about figures, etc because it isn't right. Yes. That's commercially sensitive data, stuff like that. So, if yeah. people wonder why we're not asking you, well, what does revenue bring and blah, blah, that's why it's commercially sensitive. But we can talk about different things of what you've changed, what goes on. Just interestingly yeah. for me, does the club shop come under you as well? Yes. So, yeah, comes we've, commercial.
0: Yeah. yeah.
4: So, today we've launched the new Awake, it literally yeah. launched it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and we quite, talked yeah, about that yeah.
4: a bit earlier. Yeah. How significant is shirt sale revenue? And again, I'm not asking for a figure, but I mean, I know when the Shanahan's took over, they talked about that we probably sold, I think, up to three thousand shirts a season, whereas yeah. I think last year the figure was over fourteen thousand. So it's quite significant backing from the fans. Does that have a significant impact
0: on the club? Say so massively significant, but I think it's part of sort of the club's culture as well about branding and fan engagement piece as well i think you know you saw you see 100 people walk into the stadium and if 75 of them were wearing shirts i think it's it's. i think it's actually intimidating to other clubs as well to see you know a, a plethora of you know veiled fans wearing the shirts and it's definitely in terms of that support in terms of the merchandise and the clothing and stuff definitely the best club i've been at in terms of that i i get you know sort of praise wrongly so from from other clubs that you know friends at other clubs and colleagues at different clubs and they say you know can't understand you know can't get over your 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 shirt sales you know what's your secret you know you've done so well and i kind of you know don't get me wrong i'll take the praise from it from other clubs and you know my friends and colleagues at different clubs but in my head i'm going it's because the fans are are brilliant you know in terms of backing the club and i think the Vale fans are very um you know sort of have a lot of pride to you know wear the shirts and you know be a port Vale fan i think genuinely i think that's what why we sell as many shirts as we do it's not as significant as people maybe think because obviously you have to buy the shirts in the first place and ship them and you know obviously the power to run the store and the shop staff and stuff like that but it's a like i said you know obviously the the money is 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 a good amount um but it's the, like I said, it's the branding aspect of it as well. And the, the fan engagement aspect, which I think is 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 really key. But like I said, it's definitely, it's definitely a good amount. But, you know, fans are working out, you know, that it's a, a giant amount of profit. It, it isn't. But, but like I said, it's definitely a, a good amount.
5: Yeah,
4: quality. Johnny, anything you? Because I've got loads here. I don't want to take over.
0: no
3: and one one of the things from for for me was that what what sort of impact will the scoreboard have for you going forward yeah I think
0: again I think you you guys mentioned it on your last last pod didn't you um about where the scoreboard came from and obviously it was an idea that I've had for many years and I was going to get it in my previous club as well in one of the you know if I'd probably stayed another year I'd have probably got it there but Again, the reason we've got this scoreboard is a oh, big screen, and it is a big screen, is um, Ian Donaldson. You know, that, you know, the backing that we've got from a club from him is, is fantastic. Um, but yeah, the impact in terms of fan engagement is one, you know, that we can interact with kids, families, adults, groups of fans, um, you know, display the time um i had <laughs> said to me the other time the other day you know obviously the players check you know to see what time they're on you know so obviously if they need that last push or if they need to defend or whatever it is smithy said to me the other day i couldn't make out what time it was so yeah he's having to try and work it out so you know hopefully it'll have an impact in that way as well but yeah the, the impact obviously the fan engagement stuff that we can do and showing what you know the 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 foundation doing the week and the the brilliant work they do in the week showing that you know sort of on the build up to the game and you know will make a big a big impact you know showing the sort of kit launches and messages from people and hopefully to get one day a a sort of camera that can go into like the crowd itself and beam back into the fan zone or you know all these different things um will play a big part in fan engagement and then obviously the the revenue stream again um again it's not gigantic but it is a is a really good revenue stream um in terms of the partnership and sponsorship activities so it's the it's got like um constant video that it can do during the game yeah. so we've got a really you know it's not just massive this screen it's it's really high tech as well um so it's got sort of constant video that it can do throughout the game and then it's all the extra sponsorship features that it can do, you know, sort of have sponsors that are doing substitutions and goals and attendance and trivia and you know, all this sort of stuff. So it's um yeah, it'll be really interactive and hopefully the fans will will find it really entertaining and, and fun, you know, because that's what you want a football club to be as well, as is, is fun for fans, not you know, not just coming for the 90 minutes of the game, which obviously the main aspect, but it's just all these extra bits add up to hopefully a good a good day, a whole day for fans.
4: Yeah, and you've heard us talk about on here about in the olden days when we, a corner, you can get a travel agent sponsor, the corners don't get stuck in a corner, get away with it. Yeah.
0: yeah, so, um, yeah, and I think there was something with a tank I've heard a few times as well. Oh, an ambulance right? used to come across the pitch when someone it, yeah. was down injured. Yeah, I'm sure there was a tank involved. I'm sure I've heard that was like a little mini tank or something. Oh, I can remember ambulance. Can you remember a tank, Johnny?
3: I can't remember a tank now. I, I I remember the the ambulance and the the the, the stuck in a corner because that's a for me. that's oh. typ- typical commercial. I embellished it from an ambulance and it's
0: grown to a tank now. Yeah, probably. But yeah. well, yeah. Talk, talking on on about them sort of things. Now this
3: is this. Do you know why we've seen clubs that have been quite successful on Twitter with goal gifts and stuff like that? Is is that something that we're gonna be looking at exploring when Nathan Smith powers in his thirteenth header of the season are we gonna get a cheeky little smile from him on the screen or someone doing yeah,
0: I mean again the the bit with the screen is like I said, is the significance of it isn't just the size of it, it's the it's the tech. You know, it's it's literally it's one of the best screens I think you can buy. Um so yeah, so all of that is um is capable. It's just obviously learning and figuring out what we can do. I mean the Media team we've got are really good and obviously really engaging. And you can see what, what they're starting to do on social media now. Um, so yeah, hopefully that is something that we can um, we can put in and have some some real fun with with the fans. You talk about it's a big
4: screen just for the benefit of Tom Amos. How big is it? It's seventy-two square meters something like that. Wow, Tom, that's fucking huge for your a lot
0: of carpet. A lot of carpet there. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Tom, when he's laying the carpet at the club that he's doing you know, a good job for us at the minute, I think he must lay a bit of carpet and then he puts his head up to look out the window to see how much they've done. 30 seconds again. And then again, 30 seconds, he's back looking at to see if there's much progress. So. We could not so, confirm or deny that. Oh, oh. I'm, I'm confirming or
3: denying it. The best thing about it is you're actually being really generous and he does 30 seconds work. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, he's, he's a grafter Tom I'll give him that he's you know he's um, when he comes out into the, to the office to get himself a drink now and again he's always you know sweating away and doing some work yeah, so yeah he, do, he does get, he gets a bit of battering Tom but he he's, he's he is a grafter I'll give him that from what his miss he says
4: he's never done 30 seconds work in his life oh <laughs> <laughs> we love you Tom um, Richie, by the time people listen to this, they'll have probably already been down the club on Saturday and got the away shoes. Is
0: it black? Is it dark blue? What? Um, I think debate. it's. I think it's. Is it midnight blue or space blue? I want to say something like that. Space blue. That would make sense. Yeah, yeah. But I think it, yeah, it's definitely a sort of combination with that. And obviously that's um, Patch that's done all the you know the brilliant work for the for the kits again. You know, he's been doing that last few years. And again, that's another reason we sell loads is because Patch designs them really well. We've got a good sort of partnership, me and Patch, with that. I think um, he usually says it when it comes to sort of, you know, especially the sort of humour deal. I deal with the fun bits like the the money and the contracts and the agreements and all that sort of stuff. And Patch does uh, shapes, colours and uh, what the shirt should look like, So, which obviously is the most important bit is what the shirts look like. So, um, no, he does, does a ace job patch for the shirts. Yeah, they've been
4: great, to be fair, the past few years. And on that, obviously, you negotiated a deal with Puma, etc. Are they, because we know under area, they basically said to the club, especially when we started selling the volumes, we did free range, do what you want. Are yeah. Puma as good as that?
0: Yeah, I mean, again, you know, sort of a were really good to deal with. I had them at my previous club as well, so I had a really good relation with, relationship with Fabrizio, who's in Parma, which is where it, Marea are based. Um, but yeah, Puma are, are top level. They're really, really on it, and they're really good. Um, and again, you know, sort of the clothing ranges, and you know, you'll know, you see it over the next sort of three or four months, um, the different ranges that we'll be, be bringing out, in obviously partnership with Puma, they're the really really smart looking so um now hopefully we'll do really well with it and again it's the sort of testament to the Vale fans that you know obviously keep purchasing everything they're doing it you know it does make a big difference to us with the the revenue from the entirety of the shop not just the the shirts but it's the bit that staggers me is the you know it's the hoodies the coats the training gear the the bench wear everything else that Vale um fans buy it's you know it I can I can never work it out really where the numbers come from where you know I think family will go in and they'll buy all three kits the entire family I think it's fantastic really and again going back to somebody like Ian Donaldson he's so proud to you know drive through Burslem and he'll see someone with the Autonet um, logo on the back of his shirt you know in the training top and he he's, yeah. you know he's he's really proud of that fact and we're proud to have somebody like that with the kits and again it's with the other kit sponsors as well you know sort of global qa on the shorts again there was no sort of shorts sponsor or anything like that when i first came in and again global came to us in the pandemic you know there were not many companies i don't think that was was willing to put money into something like football during the pandemic and they came on board and again i don't know how many years it was before you know the sort of short sponsors um you know, or at Port Vale and sort of back of the shirts, exactly the same Staffordshire University in the pandemic, AutoNet in the pandemic. So it's it's something that you know the club and you know definitely myself in commercial really thankful for for these companies sort of coming forward, like I said during the pandemic, and um, and supporting the club and um, you know supporting all of us really. So it's um again, I think all their logos look quite smart and adds to the shirt in my opinion.
4: Yeah, I need to be a mess of me, obviously not say League Building Society now sponsor the accessibility stand that yeah. everyone can see when you walk in the stadium because you can't miss it. And you know, we had no partnership with Vale before. Yeah, yeah. And again,
0: you know, sort of the accessibility stand and and the the headline sponsor of the and partner of the, the foundation, which obviously does great work in the week, you know, similar values and again it's something that we're really proud of and you know, and I'm, and I'm pretty sure that um, Leak feel the same way, you know, Leak building site uh, feel the same way. But, there's, you know, there's so many different sponsors to thank, you know, over the years since I've been there that have that have come on board, all, you know, relatively new partners. Um, you know, there's a couple more to announce in the next couple of weeks. They're significant ones as well. um And again, that, you know, sort of the more revenue coming into the club, the more, you know, I'm, you know, not sort of, taking Carol's words out of mouth, but that, you know, the more that will be invested into infrastructure, players, you know, coaching staff, you know, all these different things, the more money that comes in, the more will go on the club. And I think fans know better way better than me, how brilliant that um, Carol and Kevin are, you know, with investing in the club. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
4: One more for me and then see if Johnny's got any more. Talk to us about hospitality on a match day because that's changed a lot since you've come into the club. And from the outside looking in, we didn't have. It isn't actually called the Robbie Williams Suite. Is it the third floor of
0: yeah, hospitality? I, yeah, I think most, a lot of people's um, you know, sort of minds and eyes will go, you know, to that, and you know, rightly so, you know, because it was a significant investment again from sort of Carol and Kevin to to do that, and um, you know, obviously, like I said, you know, rightly so that people's minds go straight to that but there's a lot of work that's gone in um in other lounges as well you know rob who, who you know you who, who said um listens to the podcast um who works at league building society his mom and dad going hospitality every week as seasonal diners we didn't have that before um you know before i came in but again it's the you know it's definitely not a, a me thing it's a it's a team thing it's and I'm, when i say team it's not you know strictly commercial it's the it's the wider team, you know, somebody like Claire Holker, who's the director at the club, has been really big for me, you know, since I've come into the club, always backed everything that I've really wanted to do. And hospitality is one of them, you know, that we've that we've created um, different areas that is sort of horses for courses sort of thing. Um where, you know, there's sort of free course dining that's seasonal and match by match. Because again, free course isn't for everyone. I was going to a match with my dad, I'd, I'd want the sort of the upper upstairs lounge where it's sort of buffet or just, you know, go in a lounge or something for a cup of tea, a cup of coffee or something like that. Whereas sort of corporate like the sort of the three course dining experience and the match day sponsors go in there. But again, it's the, the amount of food that we pump out in hospitality is massive. And again, it's, you know, you speak to other clubs, you know, good good a friend of mine at nottingham forest i think they've got something like 840 in hospitality. we've got 704 wow you know that is a massive amount The you know the previous club which same division as us they had you know sort of 300 something like that and that was something that they was you know really proud of rightly so compared to other clubs but again we've got total this is like 704 it's a massive amount um and again it's culture coming from you know sort of from Carol and she's you know she really takes pride in our sort of our hospitality and I don't mean sort of the just the revenue from it the the way we look after people which I think is really really good and you know the sort of the venue team look after people well and Sue is um, part of the commercial team she always looks after you know the sort of the boxes and the seasonal diners and all match by match and again it's just I think Carol always good people and, you know Sue was a really good example of that that she'll she'll always go further and you know if there's um you know different things you know birthdays and always you know things like that Sue will always go a bit a bit further and try to do special things and again funnily enough it was last game of the season I had um, a good friend of mine from Plymouth so commercial from Plymouth and a friend that's actually a crew so is at Macclesfield together years ago both of them said they was watching Sue how she deals with you know, fans are in hospitality and they couldn't believe how much time and effort and care that she took with people so again it's a it's a culture thing from carol that and kevin obviously as well but you know i think staff like to take time and and do it with care
4: yeah i've got to say we went for my dad's 60th so it's been a few years back now and she's fantastic she was with us That's we got them um, we had the three course meal and she, she said to me this morning that
0: she's actually a veil vale fan as well she said to me this morning it's her 54th year as a Vale fan so it's and it, she's again she's really proud of the fact yeah with, you know working at the club you know and she used to go to the wave games with Kevin and Carol um before they bought the club as well so I think they vale yes. fans kind of um oh Sue a bit as well you know speaking to Carol and Kevin maybe over those years going to the games
3: yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. so uh
4: Getting get to love the club, Johnny. Any more from you?
3: Yeah, just for, from from me. I think like when you're talking about the the hospitality side, the food's absolutely lovely up there now as well. Like wow. we we've been a couple of times for different bits and bobs, um, and the food's always been spot on. <laughs> and, and that's something that's important because like you you've been sometimes and it's taken twenty minutes to get a drink and stuff like that and. I just think the importance of the people that are up there paying paying money for events as well, like because not everybody has season season pattern there, are they? So you'll get people going in for special occasions and whatnot. That's right. Making making yeah. them feel important and making that special is what what I I thought it was it, it was good for. So I think it's, it feels it feels really positive that side of it. Now the other side of it it's the the in in house we we've just negotiated um Holland's pies are coming in which yeah I think has been on the whole popular there just yeah. was, was a couple of grumbles but we've negotiated that we've now got burgers and hot dogs coming in yeah um, hopefully you've been onto to the air fryer companies to get some get get some air fryers in after um Dale Vancey t- telling everyone about how good they were but how? How? What was the thinking behind? Obviously, swapping, swapping from rights. Was it solely down to the other side? Everything that Holland's could do, or was it just a bit of everything, really?
0: Yeah, it was a bit of everything. You know, sort of the values, our values. Um, again, you know, sort of the. Uh, it was one of the fans forums, wasn't it? I think um, Ben Martindale actually um, who works really closely with Carol. Um, just came up with an idea we said oh wouldn't it be good to have the hollands pies at that that event i think we rang them you know sort of a week before um you know do you think you could send us some samples and it was like so that we'll uh, bring a couple of workers and bring some pies down for everyone you no know, obviously that 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 wasn't really us that really took that further that was that was them so it kind of shows what they're what they're like but yeah you know sort of similar values to us um, again you know it's a good commercial deal and um, you know it's it's just one of them that i think it was just a good deal on the whole and again fans will have you know different opinions and you know i'll expect them to you know football fans that's you know they take pride in in their club and obviously will always value their opinions um but yeah no it, it made sense commercially first and foremost to. To go into partnership with hollands and and roll over was something that i've been keen on since the day i walked in um there's a couple of people at the club that are absolutely sick of me talking about you know wanting burgers wanting hot dogs um, you know different items that we can put in the uh, put in the club and um it's actually the, the finance director at Synectics, he's absolutely he was sick of me um uh, mentioning it. And he said right when you get burgers in you'll be the First one to eat on the pitch, um, you know, because he was he was really keen to, um, you know, try and try and help me in that. But it was, um, yeah, again, it's the, some of the kiosks because we know, you know, sort of the railway stand, um, you know, are quite quite small, so we have to be quite creative in terms of how we can how we can put those, you know, different cookers and um, different things of that nature into the into the kiosk itself, and again the fan zone as well. I think we've organised two sort of permanent fixtures that we're going to have in the fan zone. One is really a, a new one that we had at the home kit launch, which were really healthy food, and it was brilliant price as well. Um, so, again, we've, we've tried to look at the the whole site um, in terms of what we can offer. And, again, it's just just different options. Um, yeah. It would be we... a
4: miss of me asking you, Richie, because... Mm. It's some feedback that the clubs had for a while, especially Railway paddock where me and Johnny are. Sometimes yeah. you can go for a pie or hot food at half time, and they've got none. It, yeah. Will that be sorted for next season as part of this deal, or is that a case
0: of, you know, we'll learn as we go on with the deal? Yeah, I think hopefully we've we've learned over the the last couple of seasons where where that was happening, and it was you know the, the people in the kiosk worked really hard, you know, the venue team worked really hard, whereas I think. I'm hoping will happen is that the hot dogs and the burgers will alleviate pressure on pies, mm-hmm. you know, cause this is pie territory, it's pie country, you know, where I grew up, pies, wasn't a big thing, you know, so, um, so it's flabbergasted me in terms of how many pies we go through. But again, those different options of burgers and, and hot dogs should alleviate a bit of pressure on that. So, um, yeah. And obviously there's some new tech that's going in, um, the kiosks as well. So hopefully that should, Alleviate a bit of the the pressure as well. So again, you know, we're always wanting to learn, but over the last two seasons in particular, I think we have learned quite a lot. And again, I've I've mentioned it a few times in, you know, different circles and fans, and I think even yourselves before. This is the first off season that Carol and Kevin, as an ownership, um, have had. You know, you think first first season they bought it late in the summer, so they had to get the stadium up quickly you know to scratch next season pandemic season after second bit of the pandemic you know third season Robbie Williams concert playoffs yeah you know early start for the World Cup yeah yeah and yeah and you're right early start of the World Cup so it was such a quick turnaround for everyone whereas this is the first real off season we've had
4: yeah I'm looking forward to be fair I think as a fan I I say, it's a fan base, it felt as though it was a fan base, we were ready for a full off season, yeah. and I certainly wasn't.
0: I can't wait now for next Saturday. Yeah, I think everybody was exhausted fans, yeah. That, work you know, everyone exhausted, you know, because it had been such a well, it was like almost like two seasons rolled into one, really, wasn't it? Well, I think it was yeah. like four weeks, five weeks, something like that. It's, yeah, yeah, you know, it's a yeah. quick turnaround. So, um, and again, that showed again. Vale fan base loyalty to me is that, you know, even when it wasn't going great and wasn't going fantastic on the pitch and you know, sometimes off the pitch as well, like you mentioned about pies and stuff, it was always, you know, there was always pride, you know, there was always pride coming from Vale fans and always understanding that, you know, we're not going to get everything right. I certainly don't. Um, you know, that 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 helped, you know, and they understood that. know we was trying our best and again i think that's something that Vale fans have been fantastic for since i've definitely been at the club um you know something like the loyalty scheme you know there there was problems with that last year for definite you know and that was you know the loyalty scheme was effectively me that wanted to do it um you know with 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 carol as well but ultimately that was on me the loyalty scheme and there was definitely things that i'd got wrong and the system went down a couple of times and things of that nature but Again, I think fans understood that, you know, we was trying our best um, and hopefully we've, you know, me in particular, I've learned from that and that should sort of touch wood, be a lot, be a lot stronger this year. Um, but again, I think Vale fans um, were supportive that we was trying, because again, there's not many clubs outside of the Championship in the Premier League that actually have loyalty schemes because it's tough. But again, I think, like I said, you know, sort of testament and the, you know, the loyalty that Vale fans have, and like, like I said, you know, a few times, understanding that we have tried our best with things.
4: Yeah, and I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit now. Loyalty hmm. scheme, how's that working for this season? Is points reset back to zero for your loyalty, and then obviously yeah. we start with your season ticket and we yeah. go again.
0: Yeah, but the, the key bit is, and again, some some Vale fans voice their opinion, and rightly so, that you know somebody saying "Oh, I've been a you know season ticket holder since you know 1975. We had no way of recording that. Obviously it was you know a different ownership model before Carol Um so we we didn't really have that much data to go into whereas obviously starting the loyalty scheme from last season um we've got that data from last season to show what you know what you've purchased on your account so again the loyalty scheme will Will evolve over time where you know that we can see that you know Daniel's been a season ticket now for two years that we've got the data for, and you went to you know 15 games last year away, and you've been to five games this year away, and you've gone to pre season game that's all stored now that we've got, so that will evolve over time. In you know, and we'd really like to do them, you know, sort of Matt Hancock's a big sort of advocate and you know for showing awards and loyalties found not just when it's like you know these are the points you get in, and you know move along. It's you know thanks for going to you know we all know Forest Green on a, a Tuesday night when it's chucking it down and there's no top over the the stand. Um, and yeah. what some of the other ones like Bristol Rovers, I think a couple Bristol, of years ago. Yeah, you remember on a Tuesday night it absolutely yeah. battered it down all game.
4: Yeah, you know, and Forest Green some... this year was New Year's Day it was New Year's Day and it battered it down.
0: Yeah, it's it's I those don't... sorts of games where. You know we want to go back to fans and go, you know, thanks for going to that. You know, here's something. You know, or it, you know, even here's an email, you know, thanking you from cross or Car, you know, it was all those different things. Yeah that we, could, that we couldn't do before. You know, that we, you know, like I said, and, and Matt's in particular a really big believer in that, that, you know, the, you know, we want to reward loyalty, like you said about, you know, shirts and all that sort of stuff. That's the the data that we're capturing now. Um in terms of you know, we want to reward fan loyalty.
4: Yeah, no, that's quality. Big
0: one, Johnny. I say, in all fairness, you can. I can see
3: why Matt's a big, um, a, a big supporter of it because I I must get about ten emails a week from Burton um, because as hmm. like, the season ticket older and her dad's a season ticket older, and because of his age, they used my email address and I yes. get spammed so much with email from them thank thanking thanking you for buying tickets advertising the the upcoming away games any events they, they, they do like the horse like the horse racing events at at the ground and like you you get you must i must get about 10 a week from them just most of it's nonsense obviously because i'm not really that fussed by it but it, it obviously adds some value to it so you can you can see that sort of idea coming through absolutely the, the monthly newsletter that we're we're starting is gonna gonna really push that as well because I think it'll make people feel a lot more connected who maybe don't use social media and don't always see the local stuff because of unfortunate events that are happening elsewhere with 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 our media in Stoke on
0: Trent at the minute. Yeah, like you said, you know, it's it's as many different ways that we can communicate as fans, you know, as much as we can really, you know. Again, that's where the big screen will help. That's where programs helps that's where the fan zone helps you know the Staffordshire University fan zone hopefully the you know the fans have really enjoyed it the last the last couple of seasons and again you know we've got foundation staff that engage face to face with people so it's not all obviously digital that we want it's that engagement with you know our great and brilliant foundation staff you know engaging with kids and families and adults you know it's from a wide range of the the whole fan base that's the that's the key so as many different ways that we can we can communicate with our fans and learn from our fans and you know sort of the stuff sort of the stuff that Matt's bringing in now in terms of like, you know, the supporters summit and you know, the club led events and, and things of that nature. That's you know, that's what we need is is to listen to fans to then make um you know the best decisions we can do really for the fans. Because again, that comes from Carol and Kevin. That is why they bought the club is to help the local community and and as many people in it as possible
4: as you were talking then Richie something come to my head about (laughs) programs during Covid obviously as part of the thank you for leaving your money in the club we all got emailed a program a pdf version for free is that something we could do again I'm not even necessarily saying you'd email it to all season ticket holders for free but if there was say a 20 pound a season charge and you've got every home match programme emailed to you. And I'm just thinking Super available Abroad fans could get on board with that then and get a programme before the game emailed to them on a PDF and they could get involved with putting more money in the club that way.
0: Yeah, yeah, potentially. Yeah, again, it, it depends how fans sort of look at the media. You know, what what's the best way of doing that? Like I said, it's some people it's, it's digital, some people it isn't. You know, I have an argument every time I go home with my dad that he likes a Saturday paper and I'm going, why well, you just read it online? <laughs> He's going. I don't like it. I like having something in my hands that I can read. I can go out in the conservatory or whatever and read it. Yeah, you know. So it's it's different. Again, it's horses for courses. That's the. It's a bit like hospitality. You know, one person will like one thing. The other person will like something different. That's the that's the key with it. Is to try and hit as many you know different factions as as possible. Really. So yeah, it's it's definitely something that we can look at with the digital aspect and the you know I thought that was a, a, a great way that we you know uh, we've got a really Top-level program provider. Again, we 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 spend a, a little bit more money to get a um, a higher quality program. And I've had them at a previous Club Ignition um, media who, who design our program, make our program, and that was something that we asked during the pandemic. And there was, you know, they've done a really sort of really great deal for us and brilliant deal for us to, you know, to put that in a digital format and send to, send to fans. So yeah, yeah, it is definitely something that we can we can look at. Um, and then, like you said, in particular for you know sort of the the Vale fans that are abroad and, and you know want to read more news, it's yeah, it's something that we can um, we can look at for sure. Yeah, because I'm just like myself
4: during COVID, I read every program. It's a come through in the morning to get me ready for the match and have a read of it. I don't buy one in the ground, and on the odd occasion I do because there's something to want read, I don't necessarily read it. Whereas if, when I got it in the morning of a match, I read it at home and it got me to, ready for the match here with the manager's got to say what Carol's got to say and like say for Super Vale Abroad to help them fans even if it was 20 quid a season that they chuck in and they get yep. this email to them make them feel more involved and more actually is my programme I'm ready for the match
0: yeah yeah like you said it's the sometimes it's the bit where you kind of are you going to be sort of replicating what we put in monthly newsletters letters and, and things of that nature you know and on the website and stuff like that but you know I think it's the I know a lot of Sort of, prime clubs and championship clubs, uh, sort of looking at sort of interactive programs where you, you know, you can scan your QR code and it pops up, up, up the video. Yeah. So yeah. there's so there's an in interactive ways as well. But yeah, it's something that we'll we'll for sure have a look at over the over the coming months.
4: Yeah, it, it might be that available broke. Actually, now there'd only be two of us that buy to be spending more than you'd make. I don't know, but just yeah. an idea that come to me then as we were talking. Yeah, a bit like
0: the uh, films
4: on the pitch, mate. isn't it. I was just coming to that. I was to come to that. Is the
0: scoreboard capable of putting a film on? It's capable of putting on. What I don't know is the licenses behind it. Right. Yeah, we you know, we, won't, we won't tell anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. just is it
3: is, is like a oatcake oatcake evening, where you come have a few oatcakes and stuff like that, and then whack The Lion King on or something. Yeah. Yeah, I think look. Well, there's there's
0: definitely places that do it. Um, You get these drive-through cinemas, don't you? Yeah, Yeah. and it's and it's how would that work with the pitch as well? That's the the big bit. Obviously, there's been a you know a good investment in the pitch this year, and it's you know obviously we just don't (laughs) don't don't want want people trampling on the pitch. That's the. But yeah, it's a it's a really good idea, and it's like the Euros will be a really good one, but it's at the wrong time of the season because obviously the pitch will be. You know sort of getting some sort of maintenance and yeah it's just a just a well, difficult one, but. we open Lawn Street and we just watch it from Lawn Street because it's going to be that big yeah potentially I think the Lawn Street fans in particular will have an absolute belt in view um, this upcoming season um you know there's drafted this year in in Lawn Street as well so a Lawn Street fan hopefully is his um yeah, he's really going to enjoy this season in terms of the, you know, sort of entertainment on the screen, um, you know, sort of the draft options and the food options. And, uh, you know, with the signings and the and staff, we've got hopefully a cracking season on the pitch as well.
4: Yeah, I can see he's all sat there watching the Lion King crying when Mustafa dies in Lawn Street.
3: Exactly. With with, with with a nice craft craft local veil
4: beer. Yeah. Singing, yeah. can you feel the love tonight?
3: Exactly, singing a win away, a win away.
4: Yeah, we are sorted here, Richie. We'll host it for you. Film that with better and Johnny. Yeah, we, we 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 any hosting you need, just
3: just give us a shout. Um, I'll stand on look pretty. He'll will talk to everyone.
0: Yeah, but, you know, again, it comes back to the ideas, bit with the you know sort of the support summit and a couple of other things that the club are doing, you know, different surveys and stuff that we're putting out. You know, we want to hear from fans. You know, with ideas. You know, I'm. You know, I've been around a few years doing sort of commercial stuff, but, you know, a lot of the, the the ideas and the different things that I'll do, I'll, you know, either take from other clubs or I'll take from conversations and stuff like that. It's definitely not, you know, all me coming up with, you know, sat in a room coming up with ideas every day. It's, you know, it's through people like you coming up with ideas and stuff like that. It it makes a big difference. So, again, with fans, you know, if you've got ideas, you know, please get in touch with the club and, you know, obviously we will always, we'll always listen to that. And if the film takes off and you make big money from it, darts is massive in Stoke, isn't it? Yeah, massive. Like Dan Townley was telling me, you know, obviously Dan, who runs the media department, like how massive darts are around here. Like it's a big deal. Like, you know, so doing darts nights and things like that, it, you know, I would have never sort of come up with that, but, um, but yeah, it's things like that. It it makes a big difference. Again, helps with the revenue, but again, it helps with the engagement with the fan base, which hopefully fans can see that we're you know, we're really trying to do that with just you know the different events that we've that we've done over the last you know sort of 18 months.
4: Yeah, Northern Soul as well, that's massive, Randy. And I've been a few at Vale years back where the room's been full upstairs for Northern Soul. Ten pound a ticket. And I'm not joking, the room has been
0: Oh, I think there's one I of them even. either scheduled, or we've already put it out. I think there's a 70s night that's gone out already. There is uh, a 70s. I haven't seen a yeah. Northern shovel. There's a big sportsman's dinner in December as well, going out soon. So, yeah, but again, oh, it's... Oh, breaking it's real... news here. Who's, who's yeah. the sportsman? Or can't uh, you say, yeah? Uh, well, I can, you, I can tell you this bit. So, um, the sportsman we've got, is not because I'm an Arsenal fan that we've chose this guy. So I'll yeah. leave it at that, and then you can you can see if you can uh, come up with it uh, when I see you next. If you've you've got three answers and see if you can guess who it's going to be. Well, but it's not just because we, I'm an Arsenal
4: fan. From what we said earlier, I'm going Ray Paul. Yeah.
0: That's, I see that you've waited until the next time you've seen me, mate. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so you've got the first one wrong anyway. Oh, fair enough. I'll shan't sure ask any more yet then brilliant
3: is it gonna be pie pie and pea supper because that's that's proper sportsman dinner uh,
0: no i don't think it is actually i think it was um sort of free course oh, okay, one. okay. nice
3: nice so, see yeah. you wouldn't say paul or if he would have told you that would you
4: no <laughs> no mm-hmm. and i've got to say i come down and i said it on the last pod i think for father's day me, and my mum, dad, brother, sister in law, and two nephews, and had Father's Day lunch at Vale, and absolutely fantastic. I've got to say, the food was spot on, the service was spot on. The staggered timings of people coming in worked really well because everyone didn't turn up at once and everyone's expecting the food straight away. So that worked well. I got told off by the youngest nephew because I didn't pick somewhere with a play area. But uh, you can't have everything. um And me and some friends have already booked in for the Christmas dinner down there one friday
0: night in december Brilliant. so yeah again it's something that you know sort of um, claire i mentioned earlier you know she she really takes pride in the you know the food that we that we um i was gonna say knock out the kitchen that's, that's terrible <laughs> um, the food that we produce um you know is really really high level so and again that's you know sort of claire and you know, she's got a, a massive team that's that's under her across you know the entire stadium but yeah it's something that obviously Claire's worked with Carol for a number of years and they and they really take pride in the you know the level of the food that comes out and um again the service and the, the looking after people that's the that's the the big bit with um the guys that since I've since I've been here that again I've been used to other clubs that have you know sort of had higher level of service and, you know, sort of took pride in that, but it's the, you know, the, the way that they go further and look after people, that's yeah. that's something that I've really, um, not really seen before, actually. Yeah, no quality.
4: Johnny, any more because I'm sort of looking at the time and we're biting into Richard's Friday night.
3: Yeah.
2: Um,
4: I've I just got one last thing
3: and it's just like you, you're talking about this, this, this family atmosphere and stuff at the club. Hmm. And, when me me and Bez come down last season uh, because he won some competition you think? I can't remember what exactly. Colouring in competition, that was it.
4: Wanted he it? It was under fives, but you, under you fives colouring in. I was like Rodney from Fools and Horses.
3: Yeah, uh, but we we saw that really there because like you guys have lunch together, all the staff do, <laughs> don't you? Playing staff, off field staff, office and everything, and just felt that you could feel the real sort of family atmosphere from there that like the youth team came in didn't they and were mingling with the first team and then you guys in the office were mingling with the first team and other members of the board and stuff like that and it's just I feel that that sort of thing should be shouted about a little bit more because whilst people might think I don't really want having dinner with my me, with, with me boss and my boss's boss and my boss's boss's boss being in the same room all the time it, it really had a sense of it didn't feel like there was upper management in the room. I don't... Did it, Bez?
4: No, no, it didn't. And shout out what it actually was. It was a Twitter competition from QA Global. So, oh, uh, basically, yeah. a random winner to go and have ma- uh, lunch with the manager. But Clark was off and we ended up having lunch with Crosby. So, was the manager turned out... And it was the day after the youth team had played Liverpool, Johnny.
0: Yes, it was. Yeah, and you're right. It's, it's a good point to pick up on, you know, because, again, a lot of people know from other clubs and uh, you know different businesses always sort of you know come to sort of have lunch with us and you know obviously we'll show them around and you know partnerships and all these different things and they're always sort of flabbergasted when they, they get into the, the new lounge upstairs and there's you know 70 people sat in there all you know chatting away having lunch and and again it's it, it's a culture thing that again it's something that the club and and, and people work really hard on is that, that that sort of really nice culture that again doesn't matter if you go and sit next to carol or kevin or uh, andy crosby or you know um you know one of the workers in the kiosk or you know a worker that in media or commercial or ever you know we're just kind of or foundation or academy that was one big thing that um again the club worked really hard on was trying to get as many different sort of um departments all kind of sitting together and again that's how you learn and um what other departments do and I actually said to one of the academy coaches the other week I I need to go to learn more what the you know sort of the academy does and um you know all the all the brilliant work they're obviously doing because we're producing players Mm. you know and it's and again that's 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 what the club wanted from that culture of sort of Lunchtime, I mean, it's, it, it sounds like a basic thing, but it's again, I've never really seen that, you know, where everybody's together eating lunch and effectively even our staff office. Everyone sits together in an open plan office, including directors, owner, you know, the same as Synecdox as well. That's that's exactly the same culture that, you know, everybody's in an open plan office. Um so you feel more part of it, not, you know, different know dividing doors and different offices and things like that so you you feel more part of it for the you know for the good times in particular you know we're all we're all part of the journey
4: yeah and i'm glad you brought up the open office because this is where we're going to end it and we're going to end it with a bit of light-hearted stuff and a chance for you to throw colleagues under the bus (laughs) so who's the clown in the office
0: that's the first thing i'll have to um tell my sister about the scope words that I've obviously learned over the few few years so buzz is, buzz. is a big one yeah so <laughs> See, to... to me it's just normal that is yeah that?
3: <laughs> I was wondering yeah. where he was going then I was like I okay. did and so... yeah no,
0: I did yeah I've got a, I've got a list of them that you know I remember a couple of you know saying stop mithering me and I've gone what's that I've never well, heard stop that mithering me. you've never heard that yeah. yeah yeah never heard that before yeah wow I'll Honestly, yeah, I've, I've got a list of them. I'll, I'll go for them quite, quite a lot with people. I mean, obviously the the, the book, cook and what's the one? Luke. Look, look, yeah. yeah. So obviously that one's you, your first one that I always, you know, I hear it straight away. But yeah, the the would with me one. I've Never heard that before. It's actually a cracking. It's actually a cracking word as well. I didn't realise
4: that was a stoky thing, Mike. Yeah, me.
0: I've never never heard that before. Yeah, I thought you were going to say like Donner Warner Corny. Oh yeah, that one obviously is. Is, is really, is really big as well. But yeah, yeah. The went one in particular was, and it, like I said, it's about him where he is as well.
4: Is. Yeah, I was across my brother's the other week and the eldest nephew who's nearly ten. Now, it, my brother said something to, and he said, I don't know one, two or something. He says, it's don't not done it. But I started laughing, obviously, me being as stoky as I am. So that encouraged him then. So then it was like everything was done Warner wonder and corner. And my brother's like, stop speaking like that and speak the Queen's English, by King's English.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's like, um used to be a player that I used to know and he was big Stokey. And, you know, obviously, when he's saying bye to you on the phone, it's try, 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 try. I've never, I again, thought, yeah. I've, I thought that was just him. I didn't know it was a, a Stokey thing. But again, it's um, something some he's got, you know, got picked up on. And yeah, without saying that. who the player
4: is, was he a big fat pie eating lordy that supported the red and white side from Lincoln? <laughs> no, for Lincoln. no, he will not big and fat. No. Was him, though? Yeah, it might be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and for those that haven't put two and two together, it's obviously Matt Reed. Go on then. Biggest mm. clown in the
0: office. Um. Uh, I think Dan, Dan Townley, is, uh, he's usually got a joke about him. Yeah, he comes across yeah, he's, as a clown, Dan does. Yeah he's, um, yeah, he's definitely got a funny side to him. Ollie in commercial, I think um, Kevin said to him yesterday, he's one of the happiest guys you'll ever meet. I mean, you could put anything in front of him and he, he, he'd be so grateful, anything. You know, <laughs> he, he'd make him a cup of tea and forgot to put water in it and he'd bang you. you know, he's, he's just an absolutely great guy. Um, but yeah, I'd say Dan's Dan's got some real, real humour. I'll tell you actually, no thinking about it, Roberto, our uh, finance manager, he's um, he's a real funny guy. Nice, that's, that's one. Who's the miserable
4: sod at nine o'clock in the morning that you like, let him wake up and come round first before you speak to him?
3: That's a tough one. That they're in
4: There's always someone in the office that comes in, you think, God, let them wake up first before
3: you speak to him. When I used to go in the office, it was me.
0: I can Uh, see that, Johnny. It might, it might be, and he won't be happy with me saying it. It might be Barry from the kitchens. (laughs) Because obviously he's just going through so much work. But again, he's a brilliant guy, but great guy. But yeah, it might be Barry, to be fair. Yeah.
4: Any more, Johnny? Think of some more quick.
3: Think some more quick. Um, who makes the worst cup of tea?
0: Oh, that's a Gordon. Um, I mean, mine's quite easy because I have just like green tea or something, so you just whack a bit of hot water uh, in and then off I go. Um, so there's just, really, there's no really... that
3: like, just put the milk in before the water and the tea bag or anything, is there? Oh
0: no, none of that. Yeah. Not, not in these parts, no. You've got to make a good cup of tea around these parts. Oh, yeah.
4: If that's too hard to answer, because yours isn't made... Who's the no, one that I'm, never yeah, gets might, off the yeah, arse? Might,
0: you'd have to really mess up mine. You know, just, like I said, just put a bit of hot water in it and off the go.
4: Yeah. Who's the one, then, that never gets off the arse to make a cup of tea?
0: Do what? I haven't seen Ollie do it, ever. And they yeah, have yeah. a game, like a, a dice that we have that know the, whoever gets the lowest number has to make them and there's there's a few people in that office as well so um that's a bit of fun there, you have but yeah that that person will be a good 20 minutes probably making everybody else a, every drink and again that's a damn townly thing that again a bit of camaraderie and it's uh no, it's a good um good sort of team bonding thing unless you lose hence why yeah. I don't I don't do it because I think well mine's just takes about five seconds to do it so I'm bit selfish on that front and do my own
4: oh you're not one of them that just gets up and gets their own and leaves everyone else out are you it is like mine takes five seconds everybody else takes longer doesn't matter it's part of the team building that is that you make everyone a cup of tea
0: I watch I, I, I join in by watching what they're doing but yeah if you lose that you're a good 20 minutes Oh, terrifying people are terrified when they get to the last few oh I
4: can imagine I can imagine that's it Any more, Johnny before we let Richie go Last one from me because we only, we only see the club clubs
3: club staff wearing the club gear, um, so apart from the fact that Matt Hancock wears proper trainers with suit with, with suit trousers and stuff like
0: that, who's the worst dressed? I'd say Ollie again. Actually, Ollie's a yeah. We we regularly have to tell him about not wearing white trainers with. Uh, you know, sort of black socks or white socks with any form of trainer with jeans. Um, yeah, I'd say Ollie and he's a massive Baggies fan as well. And maybe, I'm pretty sure he'd be double keen to wear like a West Brom shirt to work sometime. He is, a, he is an absolute avid West Brom fan. So, yeah, I'd probably say Ollie to be honest. Poor lad. He's coming for a battering tonight, he? He has not he? Yeah, hasn't he? Yeah. And he's he's been here about a year now and he's, he's been absolutely amazing since he's joined. And, um, yeah, yeah, he has took a bit of that hasn't he? Fair. If he's a big baggy fan, he might not listen anyway, so we might not know. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of staff that do listen because, obviously, we enjoy what you guys say. And, again, it's another, another avenue where, you know, we're learning about the fans. So, a lot of staff do listen to this. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. <laughs> Especially after what? and
4: for those who are going to let you into a secret now, we've recorded this before the first part, but for what I'm about to say on the first part, oh dear, oh dear, and I apologise now to the staff. But we are here as an independent podcast to give our views on stuff going on at the club. So, yeah, no. Richie, thank you very much for your time. I know it's Friday night and you've probably got much better things to do than sit here talking to me and Johnny, but really appreciate your time. Thank you for the work at the club and increasing the revenue coming in. And hopefully that revenue means we can sign a striker soon.
0: I said to you the um, futures in false nines. Uh, not no. buying it. Not buying it. Yeah. No, I think, like I said, the the guys are working, you know, day and night to to bring a striker in. And like you know, we heard Andy Crosby at the event last night. I think, and again, sort of echo his words. It was plural, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely, definitely plural. And we're
4: crying out for it. So fingers crossed. But no, thank you very much for your time. Really enjoyed that, Richie, and we'll catch you soon.
0: Yeah, speak again, guys. Thanks again.
4: Cheers.
0: Cheers. So,
4: it's full time from the pod,
3: and we've just lost again, and now it's time for a treat. What are you looking for, Bez?
4: Well, I'm looking at who's cost us today. Was it the ref? Was it the players? But whoever it was, cheer yourselves up, get yourselves to McDonald's, get yourself a Big Mac tonight, and enjoy it through the app. Johnny?
3: yeah there we go so automate delivery on on the app it's at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com for more details and don't forget have an ale and up the veil
1: Terms and conditions apply. Five years or a hundred thousand miles, whichever comes first.
2: ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times.
5: This podcast is proud to be part of the Talksport fan network. Talksport, powered by fans.